Shut up and sit down. When you tell people you do triathlons, usually the first question is, have you done the race in Hawaii? So um, I'm always proud to say, yeah, I have. Hey, so I heard about your race. It was shit. Try harder next time. I hate early mornings. I don't want to swim. All right, Instagram, let's do this. Selfie, 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 selfie. Hashtag triathlon, hashtag tri training, hashtag tri life, hashtag swimming, hashtag swimmer, hashtag rise and grind. $900 for a race. Seems totally reasonable. In triathlon, first you swim, then you bike, and then you run. Out of money. Haha, ha. I crack myself up sometimes. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Enjoy. $600 for a triathlon entry? What an absolute steal. Fraser, you know they've got a great deal going on for that triathlon at the moment. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Vondering, and today I'm here with Evan Price. Oh, I get to go first today. Oh, oh, this is fun. Okay. So first I was going to say, what are we all drinking today? But I have here some Park Tool cleaning things, which I'm super excited about. Has anybody seen the Park Tool just like brush set? Has our intros gone from like it's an you, gotta, you gotta you do your you do your one liner to now like you just anything that one you anything talk that pops about. into your head you got it. <laughs> you one of these brushes is very interesting looking. Yeah, it is. What is was there a lot going on on that park? I tool? don't know what's going on on this. Okay, okay. so this is the Park Tool BCB 4.2, yep. which is like bike cleaner brushes. Mm -hmm. What so the heck brushes. is going on there? Oh, this hey, is so ladies cool. and gentlemen of the internet, what you cleaning? <laughs> what you cleaning? <laughs> what are you cleaning today? Oh, I'm cleaning with Park Tools. Uh, I'm also drinking Spindrift. I love Park Tools. Park Tools is great. I love Park Tools. Yes. So do I. Got a bunch they, of their stuff now. They make good stuff. Yeah, we got me me and Matt are both sipping on Spindrift. Yeah. Spindrift. Jake's the only creative one here. Um, got some kombucha. Yeah, some kombucha. Kombucha. Mm -hmm. Picked that up yesterday. Good, tasty. What's stuff. the brand? Hum. Hum. Yeah. Hum. Costco. Hmm. Sorry for all the hmm. little dings there. Hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> We have <laughs> blueberry. <laughs> mint. I know that we can turn those dings off. We have. There are notifications that are coming through on my computer that is recording that I can't turn off. But you can turn off the dinging from your computer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll I think it's we'll just become like people fun know that my kids music. are it's just yeah requesting things on the app store and I have to approve them. So anyway. that's the other thing in here is we're we're hooked up to Alexa. Correct? Is Alexa in here? Oh yeah. Yeah. Correct. We're being constantly monitored by Alexa, and every once in a while, like Jake's kids will chime in with like a. Hey, is lunch ready? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's funny how that's all uh, connected together, but you know, it mm -hmm. is what it is. Cool. To Evan's right, Mr. Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are connected. <laughs> you're you're connected to us over. Mm -hmm. You can all you have to do is chime into Jake's Amazon, and you might not be looking the good, but you are connected. Join the podcast. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Log send me in. a notification. I'll get you a LinkedIn. Ask Just don't buy anything while you're at it. And today, Lance Romance. He's missing in action. He is He's all normally. gone. You had yeah. one job, Lance. One job. He's got one commitment a week. That's it. <laughs> Other than riding his bike. And, and he failed the commitment. He I'm nailed sorry, the riding guys. bike part. 
I've been checking his Strava. He's for sure been doing that job good. I had a cell range. Busy riding my gravel bike with my dog. Sorry, the Idaho-Utah border doesn't have good cell reception. (laughs) Like, are you sure? Isn't that where Boise is? (laughs) I'm pretty sure Boise has good... I don't think that's true. I don't know. I don't know my geography that well. I don't so, or do instead of talking about the stash, do we need to like talk about Evans? We can talk about my stash. Oh, I need to clean up everything. What's else what's the, the future? The stash of, is getting strong. Yeah. What's the future there? It's getting it's longer, damp. fuller. It's got that that cop vibe going on. With I it have right now. to. I have to race it next year. It, it has to make it to race season next year. Are you gonna let it keep growing out? Maybe like cover your mouth. You're gonna do the <sighs> lance little annoying. curly cues. You're gonna. I want to. I want to do the. Style, I want to do the curly cues. I would love to try Fu Manchu, but I don't think I have a good enough face for that. Why you, you never know until you know. I know, but you have to have a really good face to pull off a Fu Manchu. Well, like you, you, you got to be like that, like model jaw structure. I am not a model jaw structure. I am for sure. Yeah, but you do have like a cop vibe, which is awesome. That's I'm just trying to pull people over. That's all I'm trying to do right now. <laughs> uh, this happened to one of my friends. He had um, nobody can see with the mask on though. That's the problem. I, I had this friend, and he was like a weird guy, and he was like a Boy Scout, and he he like somehow thought it would be funny to like put his boy scout uniform on and get one of the sirens and pull people over (laughs) (laughs) that's that's like a federal crime isn't it he got in trouble oh did he go to jail for that (laughs) no no but they were that's like an actual federal crime yeah you can't do that so he got in trouble for that but uh they i mean i think it was just like a you can't do this thing yeah yeah i was like please stop before we have to actually arrest you for this (laughs) he was like high school Oh yeah, they're like you don't want this charge you on your record, you buddy. You don't get arrested in high school; you just get a stern talking to. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, but yeah, it's 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 gonna stay around till next year. I, I I figured if in the you know in the pro field, if I'm gonna be slow, I have to look cool at least. Yeah, but a lot of the pros have stashes. You got Lionel. You've got um, uh, mine's better than Lionel. Joey, wait, no, not Joey. Who's um who's the Australian that's hilarious? Amberger. Oh God, Amberger. Jo- Josh. Josh. Okay, right. Amberger's stash is a joke, though. He is yeah. hilarious, but that stash is an absolute joke. It's t- <laughs> and yours is so serious. It is. It's a hundred percent business <laughs> over here. Lionel's <laughs> okay. L- has been brought to you by Mustache Talk. It's funny that we have Mustache Talk, even though Lance isn't here. I know. Got to carry on the tradition. Lance's mustache is much better than mine. Like that's that's an objective fact. His, <laughs> his is much much better than mine. All right, let's move on. How about some uh, backpedaling, boys? Matt, what you I, been up to? I don't even know what I've been up to. I've been working so much. I worked straight through the weekend. I'm trying to remember. Oh, I rode with you last week, and we went for the easiest ride that Jake has ever been on. I have mm-hmm. every time I've ever ridden with Jake, it's been like always hard. Like it's easy for him, but hard. Yeah. And this is the one time I've ever seen him take an easy ride. We rode around and then we like did this weird little loop down there and we were still going a decent clip down. We did this like little, little tiny neighborhood loop down by the lake. Mm-hmm. And then we were kind of cruising back around and we went up and we were just cruising around this, um, this old, uh, I guess, it's an office building kind of situation. It's UL, but it's it's the anyway. The the school has purchased this big. It's plot a beautiful property. campus, yeah. And really, we're talking yeah. about doing like cyclocross race there and doing a cross country race and oh, how we can make nice. that happen. And Jake was going like four miles an hour, and I was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> <laughs> he never goes slow. This is awesome. Uh, so that where, was, where, that was where the where highlight of the spot? week. 
It's um, it's right off a of lake. You've gone past it. A million oh, a million times. times. Okay. Well, I'll show you sometimes. Is it near the so new roundabout? If you're going like east on Lake, like before you go to the downhill. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's right on right the right hand side. It's, oh yeah. Is yeah. that big? Okay. Kind Between like Ledbetter and right next to the track. Yeah. It looks like a park, kind of. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome if they God they turned that into a cross country course. Yes. Well, it's not going to be turned into a cross country course. It would be. But they could use a school facility that they could use because no one's using it right now. Basically, from what I know. No, they're not using it for anything. What they put their like baseball fields and stuff like that. Probably are not going to put anything there. They were talking. Well, the school district bought it about a year ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they just ha- they're future planning. They don't have like firm plans for it yet, but it could be used for a multitude of different things. It could be yeah. a different kind of campus, but it's it's kind of sprawling and it's got a lot of like open fields. It's got it's different. Pretty. It's pretty. It's a cool spot. And it yeah. butts right up next to another um, middle school, uh, Sky Ridge, if I'm Sky not Ridge, mistaken. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you've got basically two school properties right next to each other, which gives Matt quite a bit of real estate to come up with yeah. a pretty, uh, I don't know, unique cross-country cross course. course. Yeah, But, yeah. It, it, you know, it makes sense to do cyclocross and cross-country courses in conjunction because oh, yeah. you're separating, you know, you're separating all this stuff out. You're taking the day, food carts, all this stuff. And, you know, it's good to have extra crowds. And once you've done the work, you might as well have the, you know, dual play. And we were oh, talking yeah, about like, definitely. oh, well, you raise a lot of money this way and you could, you know, I don't know what we would Dude, do. Dude, this could it, be your cross-country course. You just make it, and then you just reap the benefits. I don't know. But, is that a um, conflict of interest? I'm not sure. The other thing is spent a lot of time biking indoors. I don't think I swam at all this past week because – Really? Yeah. I, um, yeah, I don't know ah. if I did because, yeah, I'm not swimming a lot. I haven't had a ton of time. So maybe it was just biking this week. I'm trying to think if I – I'm sure I ran a little bit, but not much. Um, on Thursday, I went back out again, and because Jake and I had done this little neighborhood loop down by the lake, Matt crushed somebody's I, dreams. I went out, I went over there, and so when Jake and I had done this, I, you know, I looked at my Strava, which I almost never even do. I looked at it, and I was like, he and I like cruise conversationally around this thing, and we're like second and third on the list or something, and we were high up on the list. It wasn't second, and third, but we were up there, and I was like, I should go snag that KOM. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I went down there on Thursday and I was thinking like right before the rain comes before anyone else can snag this thing and uh I got a KOM haven't had one of those in like I don't know how what's long What's your isn't there a way we can look at Matt's KOM list what's Probably. your how many KOMs do you have now One I would no, say you got more than <laughs> one I, don't, I have no idea I, I would say we should start a competition on a running list but Lance is smoking all of us Lance The second Lance listens to this you know He'll the second s- he gets home Lance, Lance is going to go out and snag it Every time I look at Lance's rides out there too he's like doing so I was like god I got a lot of KOMs just riding I look yeah. back it's like four people have done this ride I was like <laughs> he is truly in the middle of nowhere sometimes yeah, that's like true. Like, there's literally only been, like, three guys the last 10 years that have even stumbled across this road. Yeah, we're going to have to grill him and ask him how many of those segments he created as well. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and that's the thing is because I know if there's three or four guys, that it was already a thing. You just looked for him and found him out no, there. No, you can go out there and you can create your own segment. Oh, and then and once then it, it uploads, uploads, there won't be a segment there, but you can create a segment and then you can refresh Oh. The segments so on there, and all of a sudden, it will pop up. Yeah. You will be the KOM because nobody went faster than you because it wasn't a segment and you've got yeah. yourself a little, you know trophy to take home lance should make it a goal of his to try and be the nation's leader in koms that strava should start counting this like a like a like a chart I have a feeling that like ba- there's someone in the bay oh, area that's just got a thousand million climbs yeah anyway yeah. i also rode with jake again sort of i he was on gravel bike on saturday i think it was saturday or sunday i don't know saturday and uh i sent him a message like hey you know wheels up in five minutes kind of thing and you know, he was sent me a picture back, and it was like him on the gravel. Like it was a pretty picture, actually. It was just like trees with like a motion blur and like on a gravel section of somewhere. And I was like, okay, 
he's probably out on Washougal Dyke Trail. And uh, and I was biking. I actually do this sometimes. I'll, like, return a movie on the bike. And I just need to get my hour in. And so I'm, like, cruising around. And I, I saw Barrett, your son. Yep. And then I was, like, I, I told him, I was, like, I'm going to go look for your dad. And I cruised down towards Washougal and found you. Yep. And uh, rode with you for... 30 minutes or something. Yeah, something like that. It was a good it was way great. to round out an hour and a half ride for me. Yeah, it was nice. good. There were some good days last week. I, yeah, It was, was supposed to rain all week, and it ended up not being that terrible. Even yeah. Saturday when it was supposed to do nothing but rain was, like, not terrible. Yeah, it rained pretty good that Sunday night and rained yeah. to the morning, but then it let up, and it was just cloudy. Yeah, Sunday La- was mostly. Last good. night, I was uh, going to, like, had this idea. I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll do my hour. I'll watch this show that Kristen and I are into, like, the Umbrella Academy. I don't know. Netflix. Oh, I saw it on there. Yeah. And, uh, like the end of the day came around and like my mind had shut off. And so I was like, put, put the pajama pants on. I was going to put the kids to bed. Mm-hmm. And I was like getting, like, there was something I was doing like on the computer or whatever. And the kids were like, where's dad? Is he on his bike? And it dawned on me. Like, <gasps> and I was like, you hadn't ridden. <laughs> I was like, I almost missed this day because I forgot. Like, I think, what are we at? 53 or 4? Yesterday was 54. 54 days in a row. I was this close to just falling asleep and totally forgetting about it. Set the alarm for 11 p.m. Get get the hour in. It was... I've had some people come to me and ask for rulings on that. Like, I almost forgot, and then I remembered it was 11.30 at night that I started my ride, and I didn't finish until 12.30. Does that count? I think the starts prior I, to midnight, That's what, exactly right? what I said, as yeah, long as it starts is. right there. That's and then I, I made I one exception for somebody that started it was like after midnight, and they're like, I totally forgot, and I got on. I'm like, you get that them all, counts. You get them all again. <laughs> it counts. So. If you're up at midnight and jumping on the trainer, sure. <laughs> that's good I for you. one time ran in Ibiza, which is like this like party island, in Europe and I went for a run at like midnight or something like that. And it was the same kind of thing. I was like, I haven't run today. I need to get my run in. And I don't remember how many, you know, days in a row I had at that point, but yeah, it was quite weird. Yeah. I was talking to Matt about that. We were just kind of briefly discussing the, the dialed 100 and just out of curiosity, asked Matt, I'm like, Matt, what's your record for consecutive runs in a row? And I about fell off my bike when he told me on two different occasions, he's gone over a calendar year. Yeah. That's over, like, and then that's like that's like January one to you know like all the way through to, uh, and, for calendar year. But and, I've also done more than that. But so. I think you said back in two thousand one, if I'm I not mistaken, was, you went beyond a calendar year. Yeah, you did over two th- or five thousand two hundred miles in a year. Right, and you had a month where you were over five hundred miles for the month. Yes, which you were averaging over twenty miles a day. Correct. Yeah, that sounds about right. That is insane. Something around the somewhere around the twenty mile per day marker that's a lot of running that yeah. is insane matt i showed evan some of those logs when you were over oh for i loved like it beer and pizza one night love like looking at that yeah so funny just to see some huge just stupid huge miles just blocks there yeah that's you put in the miles to be a pro runner like i mean really yeah. if you had yeah. yeah i think if i i you know also you would need I like another two years of that years. but yeah, yeah i think yeah. so because i was also a little young too, you know, and you're like what 22 at the time when you were showing me 21, 22, yeah, 21, 21, yeah, yeah. that's so, still young for that. Still, kind of I think volume. you just need a couple more years of that. Had yeah. I stayed, stayed yeah. at it, would have been good. I think you're doing pretty good without running now. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think running would have made you millions. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people would look at me in my situation and be like, oh dear lord, what happened? No, I, um, I'm pretty sure some of those runners living in their cars outside of Boulder would probably be like, you know, I think he took the right route. <laughs> every, every time someone's like, I, 
I just took a job. I'd be, I'm like, yeah, that's smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this professional running stuff, it seems, you know, it's always like, yeah, you're living the dream. Yeah, it's fun. But for like a year, if you make a decision <laughs> not to do it, that's also okay. Like yeah. There's, you know, yeah, it's perfectly okay that you have a lovely bride, three great kids, yeah. a nice house. Life is great good. job. Yeah. Life, life is, is good. good. <laughs> right on. Evan, feverishly yep. typing away on his uh, cellular yeah. device. Are you over looking there. up what you did last week? Nope. I'm you want to backpedal <laughs> for us? Doing work things. Uh, backpedal work there. That was it. Is that what you, you had a bad that's week it. of work? Oh, just it's a busy, busy time in the clinic. And that's basically it. Did how's, you get how's the body feeling? Um, uh, I need to answer this. Actually, hold on. Oh. A second. Sorry. No, this is the this is like actually important. Oh. Um, okay. We're, Tell you what. we're legitimately going to skip my backpedal. My backpedal was work. Uh, crash last weekend. Sore all week. Back to it now. Okay. Feeling fine. So I'm glad you're yeah. feeling a little bit. That better. was basically it. Bike trained over the weekend and felt like things were coming back. So good. No, basically, no starting track the, workout today or anything like that. Starting the twenty twenty. No, no, no. I skipped that all today. Right. Um, all right, all right. Do your work stuff. Back to it. <laughs> yeah. My backpedal real quick was. Um, Mostly on the uh, the old trainer again, which kind of was a bummer. Um, I did ride outside with Matt on Monday. It's like, been rainy. Yeah, it's, it's been, been rainy. It was blustery yesterday. We, we snuck out on Monday because it was like rainy, and then it was like, well, it looks like it might be okay for the afternoon or sure. whatever. Yeah, it looks kind of like that right now. Actually, and it's just getting to the time of year too where we're losing minutes every day, and the yeah. days are getting really short. I don't think I'll be able to ride outside this week. I think we're going to actually be starting up our. Um, and this was going to be my one last thing, but <laughs> our uh, getting early Zwift. Um, Tuesday night rides will be starting oh, up not this week but next week. Those are good. They're hard. Yeah. I think they help me a lot get come around. Yeah, like those it's like stick with the group as long as possible. Next time, try and stick in there a little bit longer. Exactly. I think uh, the triathlon team will probably be getting started up here pretty soon. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know for sure, but and then we'll probably have to start up with our juniors again for our junior rides that we were doing on Sunday. So that could be fun. But uh, yeah, too much uh, Zwift and. Got to ride with Matt on Monday. Matt snuck up on me again on Saturday. That was pretty cool. I saw you on Zwift a couple times, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to even remember now. There, so you've been making these comments like, oh, I logged on, I tried to ride with Jake, and you just rode away with me. This time I saw you, <laughs> and you're there, and I'm riding it at about two and a half watts per kilogram. Oh, there's Matt. And I'm like, you know, I even took the time to go and give you like a little kudos or whatever. And then like you're riding it. 0.6 watts per kilogram so <laughs> i went from 2.5 to 2 to one and a half to one to, to like a half and like you just kept falling further behind like hey, my, i think he's doing his own thing my it band has been was hurting at some point this past week what is 0.6 wa- oh my you're spinning kilo. at like 50 watts not even maybe <laughs> how is that uh, even possible okay. i'm not even sure if you can do a gear that low two excuses <laughs> okay let's um, see them. it was flat it was flat surface right so you need to be in at least a, a reasonable gear and my DI2 was dead, and so I was in, like, the small gear, just spin, 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 spinning. <laughs> so there's that. And then my IT that band. That sounds exhausting. That would almost be harder to spin at that wattage. My IT band was hurting, and so I was like, this is what I'm doing. I'm barely putting in an effort here. So could have hit some 50-watt 50, 50 outputs there at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually I'll at least get up to 100 watts from That's my like, easy stuff. Has anybody done the bumper rides on Zwift? Uh, where you got like, it's like a group ride, but they have like a shield in the front where if you pass it, somebody yells oh. at you basically. Somebody what? Have you seen those yet? Like somebody will yell at you like if you pass the shield in front, it's like the little moving barrier with the group. No, I haven't done that. Cassie did one of those rides on Sunday and it was like an amazingly low wattage ride where she did not realize and then just kept on getting in front of the bumper thing. And like the person leading the group ride would just go out and get so angry. So she just left the ride at some point, but... That's kind of dumb. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but but that, I, mean, that's, I, I get it. If it was like 1.2 watts yeah. per kilo for the entire thing. She was like, "Oh God, this is. Yeah. I need to get out of here." 
that's not her uh, cup of tea. That's no. I have what? a hard time on indoor trainers. I just like every time I go ride outside, I'm average. You know, I'm putting in normal wattage. You mm-hmm. know, over 150. You know, to 200, whatever it is. I get on the trainer and I can't hold that wattage. I'm just so tired. Like I don't know what it is. You need some. Yeah. Put the fan on and stuff like that. But you still. need something else to engage you. Have you tried riding with the bots yet? I I don't. I don't. I have not tried really riding with the try bots. Try it. Do that. Just just try it. Go. Don't ride do with that. the. Don't ride with the D do group. The D group is a little bit I too think slow. I need to upgrade mine because I can't find the bots. You and probably have to do the firmware update. And they don't do the offer it all the time okay. now. It's just a certain time. I got it. It it used to be when they first came out. It was yeah. like all the. Well, when it first came out, it was like, oh, you can ride with the A group and the C group, or the B group and the D group. Now they offer it on certain days and times. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, and they offer all of them on different courses, and you can go ride with them, and it's actually pretty fun. Uh, the other thing gotcha. is, I should do some workouts. Fine with that. Workouts are good, but the, those groups, if you're just if you're trying to hold a certain watts per kilogram, right. you can get just a good that. workout in there, and then people will mm-hmm. jump off of the front, like they'll chase like the different little segments, they'll chase the mm-hmm. um, you know whatever mm-hmm. you're trying to get up there on the leaderboard to get a jersey or something like that. Yeah, and. Uh, Dr. Hanel, I was yeah. chatting with him this past weekend, and he's getting stronger by the day, man. For oh, yeah, having I saw a recently, on Sunday where yeah, he looks strong. Recently yeah. having a full-on rod put down his whole entire yeah. femur, what he's already doing on the bike just blows my mind. Yeah, but, um, That's crazy. Long story short, he was doing a ride with the bots, and he warmed up for 15, 20 minutes, and then his goal was for an hour to basically break away off of the front, away from the, the group, and hold them off. That's so fun. they're they're cruising along. I think yeah. he was in the uh, the B group, so they're rolling at about three two to three five or three seven watts per kilogram. Okay, so yeah. they're going pretty yeah. good through the Sand and Sequoias route, mm-hmm. and so there's some climbs in there, so you can kind of get away from them on the climbs because you can definitely kick mm-hmm. up your watts. And then his but goal they move was faster as a big group. That's yeah, because thing. on the yeah. flats yeah. it's hard to hold them off. And then I felt very hard. Yeah. So I ended up doing the same thing last night with the Tempest Fugit. I think yeah. is that that route that they do, and it's just a super flat route. Yeah. Yeah. But it the basically takes is, out Titans Grove. Same thing, but takes out Titans Grove. Yeah. I think. It's yeah. all. I think for a full like Titan or not Titans Grove, but a Tempest Fugit lap, it's like 100 mm-hmm. feet of climbing. Yeah. There's it's nothing like in there. Yeah. But the group rolls along pretty steadily, 24, 25 miles an hour, and it, it ranges. It, the watts per kilogram went up to I think. I don't know, like 2.6 or 2.7 or something like that. Yeah. And you break off the front and then you just have to hold it. And it's, that's not a big ask. But for me, I was like, all right, I broke off the front. I'm going to do the handle thing. And then all of a sudden the segment starts for the, it's the 10 plus minute segment. I yeah. can't remember what the, the segment's called. I'm like, oh, I'm going to try and get that. So that was actually kind of a tall ask because the person that had it was flying pretty good. Yeah. So I, I busted that out, got that jersey, and then rode off the front still for the full hour, like uh, Hanel had suggested. And that was a good workout. So it's a different way to kind of engage yourself and Absolutely. get through the monotony of just sitting on there and spinning. I think so. there's a lot of options on Zwift right now for this winter to like even more than compared to last winter, like pass the time on there. Oh, yeah. Like I was just on, on Sunday just piecing together random. It was the Majesty, the little like, uh, or it was Saturday, not Sunday, uh, the, the 17 hours of Kona thing was like. Zwift did this 17 hours of Kona, which oh, was no. for 17 hours. They had a different pro basically every hour or every couple hours. That's cool. Um, a guy and a girl who would lead a ride on Zwift for one hour. Huh. Yeah. I saw some stuff posted on Strava from people that did rides on Zwift. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't was, know what it was. But that was a lot of them were cool. doing that the, those group rides. Cool. Yeah. Yep. So pretty much on Zwift for four days and rode the gravel bike the other three days. Uh, well, two days and then rode with Matt once on the road. So it was a decent week, but my hours were down. It was the first week in about 
seven or eight weeks that I didn't hit 10 hours. Mm-hmm. It was the rain, I think. It was the rain. Had and you gone out? I was busy and I had a bunch yeah. of stuff I needed to get done. And I kind of needed like a down week anyway, so I can ramp yeah, it back you, up knowing that. You had been hitting 10 for a long time there. It's yeah. been a while now. Yeah. Um, and I just, I really haven't taken like a, a down week. So mm-hmm. this wasn't necessarily a down week in terms of like intensity. Not that there was a ton of intensity in there, but um, it was just a volume kind of yeah. come off just a little bit. Just come from the 10 yeah. hours. Yeah. yeah. So it makes next week feel better. Cool. All right, lead out news. We haven't really talked about this, but does anybody have any news that they would like to share? I've got a couple things. There's a ton of bike racing right now. It's kind of all like coming on at the same. It's like it's right. like all these races that they just like shoved in. It's a weird calendar to keep track of right now because yeah. all of a sudden, you, well, Perry Roubaix got canceled. Yeah, that's a bummer. Which was yeah, a big bummer. Um, Tour of Flanders is supposed to be this weekend, mm-hmm. but then simultaneously. <laughs> We got the Giro going on in the background, which I keep on forgetting. It's like, you know, I'll watch the Giro. Have you been watching it? St- I haven't been watching I've it I've just been all. watching the highlights of it. To be completely honest, I am not connected to the Giro like I usually am. Usually each year, I am like intently following the Giro because it's the first Grand Tour of the year and we're like excited. Yeah. But the Tour, I think, was just so awesome and so intense to keep track of. It's like the Giro came along That's, and you're like, well, I kind of want to pay attention to the other one-day races right yeah. now. Kind of the way that I've been too. Like the Giro, you get excited for that because yeah. it's, it's there and then you get mm-hmm. you ready and like all juiced up for the the tour. Yeah. And then you've got the Vuelta and you're like, all right, I got to go watch the Vuelta because it's going to be the end of the season pretty much. And then yeah. you get sprinkled in all the other stuff and everything's just It's nicely spaced. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the the Giro right now, I God, I don't really have any awesome updates from that. I do have some cool... So... Um, I was debating with somebody, what is the most boring one-day, big big race? There's there's one-day races basically all season. Mm-hmm. But one of the bigger, most boring one-day races is Perry Tours. Perry Tours is so boring. Yeah? Did you even watch the highlights from it? Nope. Ends in a sprint. There you go. That was it. That's just, <laughs> it's, just, it's just some random breakaway that'll get away. The Peloton will give up because Perry Tours is just a long, hard day. Usually after, like, there's harder days of racing before, and usually it's like, you know, there's bigger races coming after, so it's stuck in this weird in-between phase. Yeah. And just nobody cares about it. Yeah. Now, is I should know this stuff. I just haven't been paying attention. To, mm-hmm. Too busy. The Giro. Yeah. Is Sagan racing in that? Yes, he okay. is. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there was a stage where he was riding back to the team hotel or something like that and got turned around or lost or something did you see yeah, that yeah i heard that that he got yeah <laughs> like he he's just, just having a rough year man yeah, somebody just asked some like <laughs> random car like hey do you know where this is at they're like you're peter sagan he's like yeah so they, like he was holding on to the car and they were just driving him around and he was chatting with them that guy God, is so cool hilarious. he is he he really when is. i grow up i know this is that that story could just personify his season yeah peter sagan gets lost on the way back <laughs> from zero <laughs> stage just the poor guy no, there Still was a- fit as heck. He's so fit. It's just like uh, the, the expectations when you're that good are like, oh, why is he not winning every race? It's like, well, right. yeah, because now there's other fast guys. Yeah. There was a one-day race yesterday. Do you want to talk about that at all? Oh, God. Was that Yent? I don't even remember. Yent. Yeah. Yep, it was the Yent. And so Mads Peterson Yent, won that? Well, well, God, just like GW. What's the W? I don't even know where they go to. Welgrim? Welgrim? Welgrim. Something, yeah, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't speak that but um there was an interesting story that came out of that did you hear what uh wow had to say about mvp yeah, yeah yeah so so this was an interesting finish because uh mads peterson the former world champion yeah ended up winning when they were looking at each other and i think mads is a l- i i like mads peterson a lot yeah i, I don't think he's going to be nearly as good of a world champion historically looking back as some you know if julian wins when wow wins like those are yeah. guys who are gonna Some's get names, results yeah, yeah. But Matt, Mads was a very good world champ, and it's interesting because I think he was a little bit offended by the fact that, like, Wouten MVP didn't pay attention to him when he went, 
and they're they they are going to pay for. I mean, if if they keep on watching each other, they're yeah. they're going to need to realize there are other there are other guys who can yeah. who can bang with them. Yeah. Well, while it came out and flat out said after the race, he's like, uh, Vanderpool lost that race because he was too worried about making sure that I didn't win. Yeah. That's interesting yeah. to him for him to say that. And MVP is like, oh, that's that that's rubbish or some whatever he said. You think those guys <laughs> dislike each other? Uh, they've, they've been, been competing against. They've each been competing for a long time. time. I don't think they like ten each years. Other. Yeah. yeah, I I don't think that. Well, and also it's a Dutch Belgian. You yeah. know, in the cross world, that's a pretty big rivalry. The Dutch versus the Belgians is a very like that's a tense rivalry in yeah. soccer cross. They've been racing yeah. against each other in the cross scene since they were juniors, and then started doing the road stuff. And you know, while it's yeah. obviously done more to date in the the road on stuff the road, yeah but mvp is still kind of you know a little bit green in the road racing we, scene we all forget still the most amazing thing i've seen on a bicycle was last year at i'm gonna get the race wrong but when he just dra- drug that yeah. um that oh, yeah. chase group back and then out somehow it wasn't even a sprint he just increased he just nobody could get in front of him for the entire time so, exactly yeah but that again is something that uh what would do too so it is it interesting. is interesting um, in other news, Mark Cavendish sounds like he's going to be calling it that a was career. Thirty-five-year-old yep. Mark Cavendish, after that race yesterday, kind of started to tear up and said, "I think this might be my last race." Even though they said it's, he's got one more year in his contract, I or was talking about doing one more year. He was. I thought that they were. There was some question about his contract recently. Yeah, I, so I, maybe that was the story. Is like he everyone knows. He's yeah, done. he hasn't done anything ever right. since he was Epstein Barr. Is that what he had? Yes. So mm-hmm. ever since he's yep. been dealing with that, he just really hasn't bounced back. He doesn't have a sprint for me. He just no. hasn't really accomplished anything. And he commands too much money, I think, for anybody to really want to have him on the team. Right. I mean, he, sh- he should honestly retire now and just get involved with British Cycling from a coaching perspective. I think that, that, call. That, would, that would be a good coaching move for him. And I hope that Britain keeps – you know, Wiggins, I think, is not somebody who's going to stay. Uh, Wiggins is just going to go off on his own and not and yeah. not be involved with British cycling. But if guys like G, guys like Cav, when they retire, I really hope Luke Rowe, I think, would be not, like guy. I, I hope that those guys stay around. Oh yeah, it's great know? for cycling in yeah. that that region. It's great for cycling in general. So yeah. I mean, you want to see yeah. him stay around. And I think for um, for Cav, I think he's a good guy off the bike. I've seen stories about mm-hmm. him doing cool stuff for kids. On the bike, I still, I just, I can't come yeah. to like him. I do not like him on the bike in races. I think he's yeah. kind of a yeah uh, well i'll just bite my tongue <laughs> i agree yeah but I've seen he, too many bad things yeah i just the 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 straw that broke the camel's back was probably what five years ago maybe six years ago when he with peter sagan no with uh deck and Kolb, when he put deck and Kolb on the, mm-hmm. the, the the tarmac and then he later on starts crying about sagan you know throwing an elbow Head at him when him, it was yeah. exactly mm-hmm. when it was yeah. actually his hood that caused that to happen but anyway yeah but you, you gotta got, give the guy some respect i mean 30 Tour de France stage wins. That's yeah, insane. Yeah, insane. Oh, it is. It's it's absolutely. I mean, when he was at his best, cycling is a tough sport in the sense that it's it's hard to stay on top for a while yeah. nowadays. Yep. I I think there was a time period where you could be dominant for a very. But the cycling is so deep right now, and I think any any of the guys watch. I know I've heard Jan's Void even talk about it, where he's like the depth of talent in the in the world tour scene right now is crazy. I mean, we see all these young guys come through. The Peter Sagans of the world, the Cavendishes of the world, it's it's kind of their their time's up and you know, we're moving yeah. into the era of MVP and Wout and, you know, everybody. So. I still say that Sagan's not done yet. he's what, thirty years old, just turned thirty. I know yeah. that you start to kind of taper off, but you know, Cav was still doing stuff when he was thirty. And I think that just based yeah. on what happened this year, twenty twenty for Sagan was That's probably true. just a, a bad true. year, just like it was a bad year for a lot of people. But I but I just th- I mean, 
I agree Sagan's still a great rider. I think the, the problem for Sagan is the races that he wants to win. I think there are better cyclists now that are just going to I beat him. You, you might have a good I think, point I think there, he, he so. might just lose to those guys, but, but yeah. Going back to Kev, though, 32 TDF wins, 15 Giro stage wins. Yeah, he won a lot of Giro stages, too. Did he ever win a Vuelta stage? Um, I believe he had a couple of Vuelta stages Probably, as well. Probably, yeah. Um, he was a world champion one year. Yep. And he won uh, Milan San Remo. He did so, win Milan San Remo, and that was and, a great and race, that's, too. And, yeah. and a, a bunch of other stuff that he yeah. won in his time so that is a that is a pretty he cool also had a lot of success on the track which was really the british formula for a time period yeah. it was start on the track those guys came out and he was a bona fide track star before he went to the yeah. road scene wiggins too right yep wiggins was there g was there now those that, two that teamed up for some some track races right to they did yeah um and then the i think was it did cav win god there was that 24-hour track race in britain that's a big deal um, I don't know. I forget the name of it, but it's I I think Cav may have won that. It's like a relay type race, but I don't know much about the track cycling world in Britain, but I know that he was big there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um mm-hmm. so yep. I hat goes off to him for a great career if he is in fact hanging it up, but um Absolutely. Not my favorite. All right. So uh the Giro podium, I do feel like I have to at least say this just to drive home the fact that good God, I mean, we got Zhao Almedia, which is the Dakota Quickstep young yep. rider. Wilco Kelderman, so we at least know Wilco, but that's who, when, when you got Wilco Kelderman in this, on the podium of a Grand Tour, it's a strange Grand Tour. Uh, Pelo Bilbao, I do not know who that is. Pulsavivo, Nibali, Fogelsong in the next group, so. It just feels like a lot of B-Squad there. It does. It, it, it feels very B-Squad, which I don't like because I love the Giro, but you know, it's, B-Squad also makes it a fun race because you got, Oh my God! Within two minutes, you got the entire top fifteen is all within two minutes of each other. Yeah, so I think a lot of it's because you race. can't double back after the tour that fast. No, no, there's no way. So you yeah. got to pick your pick your battles. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I got one more thing. I'm gonna file this under both the lead out news. I'm gonna file this one under WTF. Yeah, Colnago. Did you hear about this? No. no. So that's the team for. Uh, the, uh, Pojakar was on. Oh, gotcha. Or Pogacha, yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the bike that he rides. So oh, okay. Did gotcha, you guys yeah. hear about this? No. They're going to sell a replica bike. Not his bike. Not the one that he won the tour with. Uh-huh. They're going to sell a replica of his bike. You want to guess for how much? $50,000. No, I was going to say twenty. Thirty thousand dollars for a replica Colnago. not the i wouldn't not I wouldn't, the actual bike i wouldn't replica. pay thirty thousand for the actual thing even. you would no 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 oh, i wouldn't I, okay, I wouldn't even pay thirty thousand for the real thing no well, no of course you wouldn't that's crazy why would i need that bike yeah thirty thousand dollars for a replica this a is replica his, not the actual here, bike here's the thing with that brand do i get a syringe with whatever he's been using too because that comes with a bike or is that it's a joke, Pogacha. I'm a big fan of yours. I think we're you're wonderful. Big, fans. big we're fan also today. Big fans of whatever yeah. medication you're <laughs> yes, on. Yes, exactly. And I would like you to share it. <laughs> yes, that is insane. I that bike. I, I yeah. Go back to Matt. What's, what Matt said. Yeah. It's probably something that some collector is going to want to say, yep. say. Hey, this is the bike that he won. The- if I'm a Slovenian billionaire, I buy that tomorrow. Yeah, you think there, so. Maybe. I mean, there aren't that many world champions of anything coming out of Slovenia, right? Is there a replica of any bike in history? That you would want for thirty thousand dollars? Oh, don't even ask me that. You know, you know the exact answer to yeah. that, Lance. Lance I would. Oh, what would, would be you pay the for? A re- not, bike? not the bike that, like the actual bikes. Oh, a replica. Story. I would a definitely. A replica. Yes, absolutely. I, I would pay that so much Tre- for a Lance. Trek replica comes bike. out with the bike right <laughs> yep. now and not say this 30, is thirty thousand. I don't have thirty thousand dollars sitting available right now. If I. But what if, if it was five thousand? If I had money to bl- five thousand yeah, dollars, that's a no-brainer. 
for replica. Yeah. Oh why? my gosh. Yeah. Even what, why is that a no-brainer? It's five thousand dollars because for it's Lance Armstrong. Matt. If he's a, that much of a hero to you, <laughs> oh, okay. And you're gonna put that up as like a trophy, I Matt. Think. I've had a poster of Lance Armstrong in my room since I was like ten. I How think. much did that poster <laughs> set you back? Probably like five dollars. Not five thousand. <laughs> okay, so let's say that you had had a little bit of money and you're uh, yeah you're doing okay. Okay. How much money would you rationally pay for the actual bike that Pogaccia won the Tour de France on? The actual bike. The actual bike. The one that he was on that you watched on TV. How much would you pay for that bike? Ten grand. Ten grand. That's as high as I'd go. Ten grand. Okay. The bike legit. Even like the off the shelf one is probably ten grand. Yeah, that, so, if but not, that's as much as I would pay for. Yeah, I'd say it's yeah, probably more like twelve to thirteen. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. they'd yeah. probably want to sell it for at least twenty. I'd imagine. Oh, if it was his bike, I'm sure they're not going to well, sell it for twenty. Well, if they're getting thirty thousand, like they're not going to put these bikes out there for sale for thirty thousand bucks unless they know that they're going to sell a couple of them. them. Yeah. I mean, if, if they actually put on the chopping block or the the auction yeah. block or whatever it is, his, that, his actual bike, and said, "All right, to the highest bidder goes this bike. Someone Go, will, someone will buy it for." Forty thousand dollars or something stupid. Do you know I'm what he guessing? should do? 40, is just 50. God, man. If I if I was one of these cyclists, charity, I would just charity auction. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's what a good person would do. Yes, but that's so. I mean, like I would just so if I won five Tour de France's, I keep all those bikes. I wait ten years, and then as soon as all the money from pro cycling's gone, which probably doesn't take too long, I'm selling all those bikes for like forty thousand dollars each. Yeah. Maybe send your kids to college. My gosh, yeah. <laughs> Win five but tours, just that, that easy. That I easy. That just go and win five tours. It's just easy money. Easy money. Two hundred thousand dollars. I would say <laughs> so much money. Just, just go w- win five tours. I would say <laughs> that it's, you know the time to strike is probably like right after you win it. That's true because people you will wait ten years. In ten years, people may forget that. Well, unless Pogacar goes on and that, wins five or six, billionaire yeah. might be looking at yeah. something else. Because even I, I know these things. Uh, here, let me ask a quiz question: Who won the two thousand and six tour? Um. 2006, I uh, will say... That wasn't a... Um, God, what that crap was What were name? the brothers? Who were the brothers? The Schlecks did not the win Schlecks? during that era. Okay. No. They, no. Landis? There you go. Floyd? Yep. Uh, okay. yep. Floyd, 2007 the was... The Schlecks were much later. It was the coming out party for a very young... Condor? Yes. Yep. 2008? The reason that Lance came back in 2009? Oh. Condor was the on his team. Carlos right? Sastra. <laughs> okay. As soon as in 2008, Carlos Sastra won, Lance said, he was like, I can't let this guy win the tour. He's like, I'm coming back. That's how much he knew the pace had dropped off. Because uh, wow. I love Carlos Sastra because I genuinely believe he's the only modern era cyclist to win the Tour de France completely clean. Really? I genuinely, he was known in the Peloton as Mr. Clean. That was actually his nickname in the Peloton. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Very, very morally north driven person. Yeah. Awesome guy. Yeah. Here's a little thing we can maybe talk about next week, but have you heard the scuttlebutt coming out about the uh, the doctor from Team Sky and the testosterone? Yeah, I did see that. Yep. Broke, the- uh, uh, destroyed laptop and burned documents or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's yep. incredibly suspicious. That's yep. not a, that's not an accident. Yeah. Yep. Sketch. Yep. Not shocking, though. Unfortunate. So. Cab retire now. <laughs> I, I still hope Cab right. just doesn't get mixed up in that. All right. How about we jump into our topic of the day? You guys ready for that? Yes. Ready. All right. Going to throw you guys a bone. You guys ready for this? Oh, no. What is this? You guys didn't get your triathlon takeover this year. Wow, 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 wow. So let's, uh, let's talk what it takes to get into triathlon and how to progress as an athlete over the course of time. What it takes to it be take? a triathlete, Matt. Oh, what geez. does it take? <laughs> oh, God. This is Triathlon boring, Hour with Matt Evan. Boring, boring. <laughs> 
triathlon top. Takeover. So <laughs> here's the real bummer. Last weekend was supposed. Well, yeah. So this this, this, this last weekend, weekend was yeah. was supposed to be Kona, the World Championship, Would the one been. and only, the full Ironman distance World Championship. I love that race. That's a great race. Who do you think would have won? Yeah. On the guy side, who do you think? Have we already had this discussion? On Evan the Price. Jan. Jan wins. Yeah. No. So mean, if he was healthy. Here's here's the question: Is so Jan had a crash? Yeah. Let's say he's let's say he's not healthy because I agree. I think he would have won. Brownlee. Really? Yeah. I think he figured it out after the first year. That's a lot to it's figure tough out. It's tough to it's tough to bet against Alistair on a one day basis. Sure. He's really fast. Yeah. Wasn't last year. He was not, and he yeah. screwed up last year. But I think that there's like a there's a learning curve year at Kona. Huh. This this is coming from somebody who never raced at Kona. I'm I'm talking about Kona. Be like, oh, trust me, man. That heat trust, out there is terrible. Me, we know Kona. This one time in Ohio, it was like warm, <laughs> and I went for a bike ride. It was hard, and it was hard. <laughs> no, I think that it it would have been a really interesting year in the sense that I think Ali would have raced it differently without Jan there, and I think he would have raced it smarter. You still, I mean, it's, I think that there still could be a bike train. You've got people like Lionel Sanders. You've got Cam Worth. I think they yeah. can get out of the water a little bit late and still, yeah, have that train come through. And but that this can is be, that can make for an interesting race. This what is about, how this is how confident Ali is. Is he'd probably come out first or second. He'd be right yep. on Josh's tail. Josh Amberger being the fastest swimmer in Ironman. Yep. Um, Ali would come out with him. He if he wanted to just let the bike train catch him, he could because he can ride with those guys too. True. So he knows he's going to outrun Cam and Lionel. Yep. If he's smart, if he's dumb, he's not going to outrun them. So if he wasn't feeling good or felt like he was isolated out front, God, he could just pull up, yeah, sit up, eat, true. wait sit for up, the train to come eat, and get him. Drink, eat, yep. drink, yep. Hang, hang out with Cam but for a little train bit. Train isn't going to get you. You can't sit in their draft. You're just using them as like yeah, a, a you, mental pacer, right? There's yeah. Some dr- there's some. But this is this is the big debate with Kona's. There's. there's you're you're not drafting, it's, but you are because even if you're the the legal six six bike links. So yeah, six, I would. I think it's catching some ten, draft advantage. You are. Yeah, yeah, you are. Was it like you, ten or fifteen? And there's like a mental. Dra- I mean, they, they they talk about the and you know any cyclist knows this too. If you're if you're pacing somebody and you're behind them a certain amount, but you can look at them, it makes the pacing easier. Well, yeah. and there's, there's there's a draft. Basically. There's a draft, especially yeah. if you're sitting like third or fourth wheel, right? Yeah, you're absolutely. Kind of it's even better that. draft. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, there's the one of the years when Patrick Lange ran out of his mind and ran what like two thirty seven or something crazy like that for the marathon. I think it was faster than that. It yeah. may have been two thirty six. Honestly, it was it was quick. Anyway, um, I I believe he sat in the draft for most of that bike ride. Yeah. I think I think he sat in a big group and saved his legs. I don't yep. think Patrick Lange has the ability to go out there and do what a Lionel Sanders can do on the bike and then jump off and run sub two forty. Yep. Jan can because Jan can because Jan is basically Superman. So yes, I there's any like any race that he's in, if you don't want to think hard on who's going, just say Jan because you're probably going to be right. Yep. That that guy does not lose races frequently. Yeah, he is a all around yeah. stud. Now bringing this back to cycling though, is Matt had mentioned before we have the the, the Cam Wharf who is actually a a he's team the, team Ineos Grenadiers he's rider. He's on Ineos, uh, whatever they got on their laptop system. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I I think he was off of uh, off a of team sky <laughs> at that time. Those those were the years those, he was missing. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, you, so it, it's interesting having a bona fide professional cyclist in the field because there have been professional cyclists that have come over. You know, you you look at um oh I can't believe I just forgot his name. I've actually raced the guy uh, in Santa Cruz a couple years ago. Um, I'll There's, think of it here in a little bit. There have been a couple people that have come over. Yeah, there's been some that have come over after testing positive 
and getting yeah. booted from cycling. Uh, Andrew Talansky. That's the guy I was just oh, thinking Talansky. of. Talansky. Well, Talansky yep. has not tested positive. Super, uh, super nice guy, by the way. Yeah, he like, seems cool. I should talk to him in like the the uh, the is, transition rack. Is he done with triathlon? Um, no, no, he raced Santa Cruz last year. Okay. I was I was surprised to see him. So I actually I, I asked him. I was like, Hey, you're gonna race next year? He's like, Yeah, I just like jumping into races just for like just for fun. But he did. He, he did tell me before he was like, "Have been running much." Going to be honest, really have not been running that much. And he he blew up the bike course and then started on the run. But yeah, still yeah. a great athlete. But he ran in college or something, or he ran cross country. He was he a did. good runner. He did. He, he was a very good runner. So what does it take to get into triathlon, boys? Okay, I have a some, professional bike career. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I have some theories on this. I was thinking about this on the way over. I think a lot of people come to triathlon through one of the three sports yep. mm-hmm. in whichever way they come to the sport is kind of very, very different in how you would probably suggest them to kind of improve upon their triathlon results. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you come from a swimming background, yeah, you don't have to worry about swimming that much, but there's a real key endurance aspect to the sport, which you might be missing, right? Yeah. Because a lot of swimmers, if you think about it, their races are one minute or less. Long distance is five to six minutes there. Yeah, long distance, five to You think to six about minutes. it, a long distance swimmer at those younger ages is going to be doing the 500. And they may have two practices fast, so a that's day. Like five minutes, yeah. I know. They may yeah. have two practices a day, and so they yep. may have a lot of endurance. But what I think they're missing is that, like, two hour three hour kind yeah. of like i can you know yeah i can turn on this, the gear after that yep. point and so they don't have that and this is and this is too so matt knows this coming from running is right so look at how a swim workout is always built it is lactate threshold recovery is what those kids have an elite level at when they come into the sport translates pretty well to cycling actually now doesn't translate great to time trialing cycling but very much to actually cycling racing, which is right. why it, those kids excel at draft legal biking because mm. they come in from the swim and what's a typical swim workout day? Oh, we did 20 by 100 leaving sure. at some fast time that makes triathletes go like, oh my gosh, is 12 year olds right. this fast? Like, yes, they are that fast. Yeah. But what they don't do is what a young cross country runner builds aerobically, which is muscular and aerobic strain for an hour. Right. That's not happening in swimming very often. Right. And I'll argue that pretty because I've, I've had this talk bo- bo- uh, before with people and watched some, you know, videos and thought through it from a physiological standpoint. Uh, a runner at a young age is put under more aerobic strain than, than any other endurance athlete at young ages. Right. Except it's, for maybe cycling, but they don't do I'll a lot still, of cycling. Yeah. I'll still, I'll still put runners more just because uh, a young runner, let's say you go for an Higher hour aerobic. run. Yeah. yeah. So let's say you're that 14, 15 year older and now your long run's like an hour, hour and a half. And a young swimmer or a young cyclist is not going to be under aerobic and muscular continuous strain for an hour gotcha. and a half. I see yeah. what you're saying. Now, that means that that runner's lactate threshold recovery, if they haven't been training specifically for track, may not be nearly as good as that swimmer or that cyclist. But it is definitely that aerobic base is strong. Yeah. Yeah, very it, strong. The other side of the coin for swimmers is that their form for swimming is so good. Oh, so good. That if you yeah. don't come from a swimming background, you're... I mean, I'm not saying you're dead in the water, but like you're it's, dead in the water. it's ugly. It's ugly, <laughs> it's, and you're never can speak going. From experience. It's, you're basically it's hard. Ne- you're almost like never gonna be. Yeah. I mean, I've, there's gonna I be a ceiling on your swimmability right. because I really can't think of anyone that's like started as an adult swimmer and become yeah. good. Like I can think of zero people. Yeah, I can think of like a couple pros that like I know they didn't swim when they were young, but they they but swam, not but they studs. they weren't like yeah, they're like 
that guy's not going to jump into a pro swim group and be able to hang at all yeah now i think if you're coming from running we we talked i was just saying like okay you know swimmers are missing that kind of ultra long aerobic endurance stuff i think if you're coming from running you might be missing a little bit of that as well depends on the distances that you focused on and yeah so i did tons of distance for running right did a lot of marathon type stuff 10k specialists yeah and i noticed when i started cycling that you get me out there and i remember specifically struggling with like the first kind of like 40 mile, 50 mile bike rides, mm-hmm. which if you're thinking about it, that's two, two to three hours. Yeah. Right. So it's like, Oh, you, you were not used to having to use glycogen three hours into a ride. Cause a, mar- yeah. a marathon's two and a half hours when you're fast yep. and then three hours, you never, you never get there. No. And a marathon's also a ridiculously long run for a 10 K runner yeah, or five K runner. Very few college runners are like, what are you doing this summer? Oh, I'm going to go try to peak for a marathon no no nobody's doing absolutely not and so you don't ever so long run two hours yep and so when you start to dip your toes into three hours that's yeah getting ugly it is so i think that the cyclist coming into triathlon has that strategic advantage of like yeah i'm not gonna be swimming great yeah i'm not gonna run well but i'm not gonna like stop and start walking because i've completely hit the wall exactly they know how to kind of handle calorically that like wall or that you know ultra long time frame because we have juniors that are doing 100 mile rides oh yeah so although that's i'm sure difficult for them but their body's learning like here's how you here's how to fat metabolize yeah Yeah, exactly and they're becoming good at it yeah oh yeah if i had like a you know, it's interesting. If I had a kid that purely came from cycling, like 100%, that was his only experience, came in from cycling. He's like 19, 20, let's say, and was like, I want to get in triathlon. I'd be let's like, ca- let's call him Nels. Let's call him Nels. Yeah. <laughs> let's call him Nels. I would say your your best distance, I was like, if you, like, like if their one goal was like, I want to be really good at triathlon, what is, yeah. what needs to be my distance? I was like, we're taking the next five years and you're going to be a 73 full guy. Because I think that's where the cyclists have the best advantage. You're Maybe. talking long days. Right. The bike is very, it very much sets up the run in those distances. In the five, in, in the sprint and Olympic distance, which is what I think most people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not listen to this. I know a lot of our iron people listen to this. Sure. But I mean, when you're talking about that sprint and Olympic distance to race that at an elite level, you need to not just be a good runner. You need to be pro- probably a collegiate runner. Right. Like, you got to be good. You got to be. Like to, and you have to be a good swimmer. To run 15s off the bike means that you gotta your yeah. 5k PR needs to be comfortably in the mid 14s because you're gonna lose Which about a minute coming off the bike. Pretty rarefied air, actually. Yeah, you're talking D1 collegiate running yeah. style. Like that's yeah. that's where you need to sit. And I know that that's scary for some kids who are like, oh, I want to get in draft legal racing, and I have to show them like, well, when you look at the national scale, these kids are fast. I mean, they're. they're God forbid be- when they start moving to the iron distances, like, I know. what, are we just going to have, like, amateurs running 110, 112? It's like, to be a yeah. pro, you got to go, like, 350. I don't know. Yikes. It's going to be scary. Yeah. What do you think about the, you know, the runner coming onto triathlon? A lot of people will say, like, that's, and I, and I kind of agree, but they'll say, like, runner coming into triathlon, that's the way, that's the ticket, because it's, it is the third, yeah. of, it's the third event. So... It's the toughest. It's where you lose the most time potentially. It's it where is. your race can be made or broken. Yeah. And a lot of the times, so I kind of agree with it. I think you'll, you know, you'll say you had a bad 5K at the end of your sprint triathlon, and your mm-hmm. you means you went like 18 minutes for 5K. Yeah. And they're like, holy moly, 
everyone else in the field went 24 minutes for yeah. 5k like how did you do this on your first 5k so yeah. it, it has that aspect to it of even though you're not doing what you normally would do it's still pretty good yeah um so i think that there's some truth to kind of runners do well in triathlon and a lot like swimming too there are adaptations that happen in young runners that right so there's a reason that i mean a really fast triathlete is is pretty uncommon when you look at from young ages because that means that you developed as a swimmer and as a younger runner at a young age which is possible and there are kids that do it yeah but that's not an easy when you're talking from musculoskeletal development you're very opposite sides of the spectrum yeah yeah you're kind of battling yourself there because what makes you a good swimmer very flexible ankles right i want everything to be loose and i can move the water well what makes you a good runner tight stiffness in spring yeah yeah. it's so it's such opposite sides of the spectrum and so you don't see a ton of runners that are good at swimming no. or swimmers that are good at running. And when they are, you see them in the Olympics in the triathlon. You see Vincent yeah. Lewis and you see, you know, Allie right. Brownlee and guys like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when someone's like, how do you get good at triathlon? The original question, I think it's, you know, if you're starting up, it kind of depends on which sport you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Now, one question would be like, what if they're not coming from any sport at all? Yeah. Which I, mean, I didn't, I didn't do any of those three sports. Well, well, I did bike racing as I the, got into triathlon. In some ways, I, was a soccer I would say player, really. you're the least, I think that you're probably like the least applicable person to answer this question because probably. you started young and you're good and you've, you know, it's not like you're ever had this aerobic capacity problem. Like you've just had it and developed yeah. it. And yeah. whereas like if Jake, I really wish somebody would got me into running at a younger age, at a higher, sure. like really with somebody who yeah. been like, you need to quit soccer. You're not good at soccer. Well, I also <laughs> think that there's good team dynamics to running. And yeah. it's like, you can really focus on it and get really good at running. Yeah. If you, if you want to Whereas I think it's harder for cycling and triathlon, mm-hmm. um, but swimming and, and running have that piece to it that you can really Very dive organized into team sports already. But yeah. I, I think the person that doesn't come from a sport I think their biggest question mark is going to be aerobic endurance for the longer type race, like Olympic race, you know, they're probably going to be out there for three Three hours, three and a half hours. That's a long time. So that's a lot of aerobic capacity. Especially if you grew up playing football or baseball. Yep. You know, anything like that. I would play baseball. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) What's a good, what's a good pre-sport to cycling? Baseball. Baseball. (laughs) Um, Sam Long football. Yeah. Football. It can work sometimes oh I just, yeah i think that there's more time that has to be uh, invested in just being like you got to teach yeah. your body to be able to go three hours well and sam long's a good one to talk about when we're talking about like okay you got somebody who really didn't come from a high level of any three of those sports mm-hmm. coming in now he raced triathlon when he was pretty young though mm-hmm. i think his first iron man he was like 19 or 18 that's crazy he was crazy young i remember i think he said he wanted to try one at 17 but they didn't let him sign up because you have to be 18 hmm. yeah and he just signed up and did it. The kid was a genetic freak from the start because, I mean, he was a football player that all of a sudden just decided I'm going to go into ultra endurance things and just clicked and did it. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, he's fast all of a sudden. So Magic. Yeah. I think, yeah, if you're getting into triathlon and you have no experience in any three of those sports, the very first thing, as much as a lot of us would like to say, you need to get in the pool and get safe in the water, I would actually say sure. get safe on the bike first. Yeah. Because the bike is going to be where you can safely develop more of that aerobic, aerobic base capacity. without yes. risking overuse injury or hating the pool. That's very true. If you try to, I mean, everybody remember, I, I still remember when I started actually swim training. I was probably 18, I think, mm-hmm. when I actually got into a pool and I was like, I'm going to swim laps. And I yep. remember a 500 day feeling like, 
oh my god yeah this is impossible it's like I how get, long is the sprint so 800 <laughs> i hear a lot of people talking about swimming you know like all of these very good runners they do fine on the bike mm-hmm. and then they talk about swimming and they're talking about how they go down and back and they're gassed yeah and they're like they'll say so i'm just not a swimmer and it's yeah. like well you have that's, <laughs> that's really because one it's different muscles mm-hmm. but number two your form is just way off like yeah. your aerobic capacity is there but yeah. you're dragging through the water if any of us swam that way we'd be gassed, be terrible. right yeah because be it's terrible. like you have to put your body on top of the water oh yeah or else you're going nowhere and yeah even if your body's correctly placed it's still yep. gonna be a little bit hard i but. watch these crossfitters swim and I'm exhausted watching them swim. Yep. I'm like, yep. wow, that guy's capacity for pain is incredible because his efficiency is absolutely <laughs> it's terrible. A nightmare. Yeah. They're or swinging like, their arms a thousand miles an hour and they're going nowhere. Or like a few years ago when CrossFit did like a mountain bike race thing or a cyclocross ish race. Yeah. It was basically there. They, they were like on mountain bikes doing it. They really did not get the idea of what cyclocross actually is. But you're, you watch these guys go up the little hills, and I'm like, oh man, if I was 240 of shredded muscle too, that would be a hard hill. That'd be a uh, very, and they're like falling off the bikes and then running them up there. Yeah. So okay. I think definitely that, you know, you mentioned you can definitely develop that aerobic capacity on the bike. I think kind of figuring out swimming, potentially having someone help you, like a coach or someone like that with that body position stuff, mm-hmm. is going to be extremely helpful because. The tendency is to swim with your head out of the water. Yep. Which is real, real bad. Yeah. You put your head up Absolutely. and your legs come down and you're swimming through the water like you're standing up. Yeah. You know, you put your face down and your butt comes up and all all of a sudden you're swimming on top of the water. Yeah. So there's some swimming downhill. That's what some, one of my old coaches used oh, to really? say. Swim yeah. downhill. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that that's so natural when you grew up swimming, but oh, yeah, for don't everyone have to think else. About it. For everyone yeah. else, it's like that takes the some time yeah. to figure out. So. Oh, I know. It's it, it's funny for me talking um, swim technique yeah. with with Maddie Wick because it's really funny that like she probably can't put her finger she has on it. she has no idea yeah she she really, she's just so good she she's like natural yep. and she's like I don't know I just like I just swim just swim I've always been doing it she's like how how do you increase your stroke rate I don't know I just move my arms faster and it just does it right yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it, it's almost that she's gonna be a great coach when she's very good at like understanding right. and like working with kids but her grace challenge is going to be realizing why she's good in the water. Yeah. She, oh, I think she's got like, to come a year where she's like, I'm not sure why I'm fast. I need to figure out but, why I'm fast. But don't you think it's that same way with like really good runners? Oh yeah, absolutely. Where they're like, I yeah. just push off the, I don't think about it. I just yeah. run. And everyone, like you hear this all the time, like, how okay, do I run faster? <laughs> I've got to use the Maffetone method to do this and all this. And, and the, the, you're like, nope. The good runners just run yeah. fast. This was my biggest issue with, I have a lot of, I'll say middle-aged triathletes coming in. Sure. Let's call him Matt. Let's call him Matt. <laughs> they come in. <laughs> Why am I not fast? You push, so, you push 60 watts on your last uh, Zwift ride. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not getting faster. Don't Tried know. to run a six-minute mile. Didn't feel good. Why? <laughs> so I, I, there's chi, chi running was a big movement. Yes. How many years ago would you say chi running really came around? Ten. Ten years ago? Yeah. 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 yeah I, think, I think it was around ten years ago. The idea behind chi running is actually flawed. So <laughs> where where it comes from, from a actual structure of its theory. Sure. It goes to the theory that barefoot runners, which is what, you know, we all come from, and, you know, there's still tribes out there. There's well-documented for everyone born to run that sure. uh, they run a lot of miles on basically their bare feet, which is amazing. Taha, Tara Humara? Exactly. Yes, there yes. You go. Yeah. 
the one thing that people always forget about that was like, um, you're 45 and have never run barefoot. There's some musculoskeletal things that happen at young yeah. ages when you do that. But that aside, because I still believe you could translate to a barefoot run if you really committed to it at sure. the age of 45. We'll never tell anybody to do it, but you could. What they're forgetting is that there's actually been research showing that barefoot or non-shod runners actually change their foot strike frequently depending on surface yeah how fast they're going oh, absolutely and even subjectively how they feel that day right. so if you look at a runner even as good as like all those kenyans that train in kipla got together like i mean there's there is a real science to if you are a good runner your body's going to find the most efficient pattern mm -hmm. and when you're a really good runner and you run 150 miles a week fast i guarantee when you look at, let's use Kipchoge as the example, because everybody loves talking about Kipchoge, his morning, early morning, just shakeout run right. form versus his banging out 20 track by 1K workout. on the track, sure. not the same form. Totally different. Yeah. Different, different form. Yeah. So if you're always worried about, oh, I need to be soft and up on my toes all the time, it's like your Achilles is going to hate you. And two, that's not a, a efficient way to run at slower paces most of the right. time. So we need to stop demonizing certain run forms and saying that's a bad run form yeah. and saying, why is that person running that way? Right. Oh, well they just did a track workout yesterday and this is their four mile easy run yep. and their quads are shot, you know, shot. So yeah. it's like, Oh, okay. That, that, that's why their body went to that pattern. Sure. Instead of trying to demonize and just like you said, like, how do I run faster? It's like run more consistently mm -hmm. better and faster occasionally and also slower. It's yeah. a really complex answer. Yeah. It sounds yeah. complex, but it's not as bad as you no, think it is. It's, it's not basically do speed work occasionally. And, yes. Yeah. And yeah. Then, the overthinking of your actual run form can be exhausting. It yeah, really can. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And mm -hmm. I think that trips up a lot of people. It and, does. And because yeah. it's like they're looking at their miles, you know, per minute, it's like nine minutes per mile. How do I get this to eight? Those guys that are doing those marathons, those Kenyans are mm -hmm. going sub five. Yeah. Like that How doesn't do make any there? sense. Yeah. Like their form must be better. Well, I'll just change my form. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not that easy Yeah. or else we'd all just change our form. Exactly. So I just watched a really cool, we'll get off this and back to triathlon in a second, but um, I just watched this really cool run gate comparison uh, between Joshua Cheptegei and Kamwara. So when Kamwara mm -hmm. set the uh, half marathon world record, 5801. If you done in Copenhagen, 5801. Yeah. That was amazing. That was a couple of years ago when, Cam, when Kamwara did it. You watch Kamwara run, there are things I've told people that probably are contributing to their injuries that are in his run form. Sure. Not a smooth run form at all. Not not even like, not something I look at and be like, that's what you should did strive you, for. Did you see like the 10K world record on the track and the guy had like the most massive pronation? Yes. I, and it's just that's like where I was going. Yeah. And it's Chepta like, guy. Yeah. It's like, so, uh, doesn't look good. I loved. <laughs> I loved one of uh, my PT friends took that screenshot yeah. and gave an explanation as to, people were freaking out about that. They're like, Ugh. "How is this coach not seeing?" This? Oh, uh, I, I saw one comment where like this guy's an injury waiting to happen. I was like, "Really? He just he just set the five k and ten k world record. I'm pretty sure he's doing okay." What was amazing about that is, so his body is is so springy. He runs at such a high turnover rate, and so his stride length is so long for how fast his cadence is which is why he's able to run 4.11 pace for a 10K. But what what's happening is if you watch his stiffness through his lower leg, if now in a recreational runner who's just getting in, if you see over, over pronation, over pronation is, is a strange word because we actually don't have a value that would classify you as under over pronation. So it's a visual thing. It's, it's subjective. 
um, he would definitely fall under visually over pronation. Right. His entire midfoot collapses down. It does look like those shoes aren't doing him as much good, but I mean, no. they had spikes on him too, right? So, I mean, there's, but I, there's but I wouldn't there. want to take away any of his spring. Shoot. That's a yeah, thing. You don't change oh, what's not broken. Don't give him a heel. Let that Achilles just load all thing. the way down and spring out. And he had no internal rotation or imagine knock knees as right. you're running. Yeah. Nothing up the chain. Yeah. Smooth. So he gets all of his spring from that pronation load and then his Achilles and his post hip tendon just spring him forward yeah. each step. And Which, he's so solid up above that. It's like And if you see a lot of these guys, there is not a lot of muscle there. No. It's no. pretty interesting. Their legs look like twigs. Yeah. We're we're talking tendons and bone. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's basically what they're, they're they're a tight balled up gastroc soleus that squeezes just enough to give that achilles a nice spring and they just they they, they fly yeah. so if you look at that recreational runner who let's say has that level of pronation you're going to see collapse up the chain right. you're seeing the knee collapse in the hips collapse in the the hip dad side right. to side yeah potentially yeah. that's where as a pt i'd look at that and say like we got some things to work on not that i'm sure. going to say hey don't do that because i know they're not doing it on purpose but it's you know if i watch joshua chep the guy run i'm not going to go up to him and be like Man, you really need to stop pronating can, so much. We can take another minute off your time. Yeah, we'll just fix you right just up. let me give you an orthotic that gives you three inches yeah. to that heel, and let's see let's see what happens. <laughs> All right, we were way off the uh, mark. What are cool. we What were we talking about? Triathlon. <laughs> Triathlon. <laughs> Triathlon so takeover. We talked a lot about swimming form there because we are a trending podcast for swimming. That's true. I just tried there to make us a trending podcast for running. Let's see if that works. Could happen. I know. I know how Google and Facebook work now. If I say the word running enough running we're gonna make it on a google search <laughs> alexa so, is listening right maybe Amazon alexa too. running <laughs> so i will say that i have i i think that a lot of people are struggling with the swim as far as fear of triathlon yeah and so i made i've one of the goals of my youtube channel is to get people into triathlon so i've thought about this a lot mm -hmm. and I've got a video up there talking about like breathing techniques, like how you can kind of work on your breathing and making sure yep. that your face is in the water. And when you're breathing, you're actually trying to do like half of the water, you know, per goggle, you know, your line here this way so that you're breathing uh, just out of the side of your mouth and you're trying to keep your head down as opposed to keeping your head up. But what else can people do to kind of get started in triathlon? How do you get them over the hump of like... Once we're past this era of one person per lane swimming... Mm -hmm. Joining a master swim group is great. Sure. That was what I did early on. And it was, you get somebody who's on the deck generally who knows swimming, yep. regardless what state you're listening to this or country. I mean, I like to believe that most master swim coaches are great because I've met three or four of them in my lifetime and they were all awesome. My very first one, Jenny Noga swam uh, for, God, Jenny swam at Miami, Miami of Ohio University, I think is where she swam. Mm -hmm. um, great swimmer. Absolutely great. And was just a good family friend and ran this big master's group. That was an absolute blast. But that's where, you know, you you have to understand it's going to be a process. So if you can find a group where you're like, this is going to be a group I know long-term I'll mm -hmm. progress with, because you can look and be like, oh, there's three guys right over here who said they've been doing this for four years and weren't able to swim a single lap before they started. Yeah, that's huge. And then huge. understanding that with swimming, just like Matt described, that may sound overwhelming to be like, oh my gosh, I got to like, uh, like half my eye out and like yeah. breathe out something out. That sounds Don't impossible. It. yeah. Exactly. It's, it's with time, it will come. Right. And if if you're impatient with triathlon, that is when it's not fun. And I meant that more as like there are drills that you can do exactly yeah to to practice to get you in that position. But yeah. at the same time, I still think you're right. Like don't overthink it. Like you know, yeah. eventually it comes naturally. Yeah. So get in with a good coach. Jake, you know, question for you. Bring a, it. A lot of you have a lot of people that are comfortable swimming. 
they, you know, maybe they grew up swimming, maybe they grew up open water swimming in lakes, or maybe they had, they were part of pool teams or whatever growing up in high school, or they, and they've gone out for running. Running is not a scary sport, Nope. but biking is a, is a scary sport. So I think maybe that could be another hiccup for someone saying like, I want to do this triathlon. I know I can swim. I know I can run biking. I'm out there on the road. I don't feel comfortable. Um, I, you know, I don't really have a bike. What should I, do I need to buy one of those bikes with the, you know, arrow bar? Do I need a pointy helmet? Like, what do I, like, I don't know what to do. Cycling is so intimidating. Yeah. What, what do you tell that person? That's a good question. Um, for a lot of people, like I'll use my wife as an example. She, um, you know, definitely she can ride a bike. She, yep. when we first got her started, cause she's one of these people that is somewhat new to the sport of triathlon and she's given it at the yeah, old, she's doing great. the old college go. And, um, mm-hmm. she started out just by, you know, pretty much riding on a trainer just to get her fitness mm-hmm. up. And then oh, that's smart, smart and, way to start. Yeah. And then it was like, all right, I need to transition to being outside. And yep. that was, that was scary for her because, mm-hmm. um, obvious reasons cars i mean that's a huge oh, yeah. thing and it's not just cars either it's like riding around other people that scared her being in yeah. close proximity to other people that scared her being clipped in that scared her you know being able to start and stop um scared her yeah and at the end of the day the the only way that you can get over that is to actually going out to go out and do it now mm-hmm. i don't recommend that you go out and do this necessarily on your own um go find a group of like-minded friends uh um you know, you can find a team or a club or mm-hmm. she's lucky that she has that really good group of people that yeah. she oh, is awesome tight with. Yeah. 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 So, but at the end of the day, if you can just find one person who has experience in, in teaching you a little bit about how mm-hmm. to handle your bike, how to ride in traffic, um, where to, Definitely. where to put yourself, um, that makes all of the difference in the world. And then yep. going back to the other question of, do you need one of these high end specialty bikes that, you know, it's built for doing triathlons and time trialing and pointy helmets and arrows? No, you don't need any of no. that stuff. At the beginning, you just need a bicycle that yep. is yep. safe and sound that you can go out and ride and get a comfortable. A mountain bike on. even works yeah. if you want to yeah. work that's with what, that. And that's why I tell people, like, don't, I'm, don't I'm go. All f- I'm all for people doing travel right. on a mountain bike. Me yeah. too. Because it means more people are getting into it. Me yep. too. Yeah. I tell people, don't go buy a bike until you've done a triathlon or two. See if you like yep. it. Yeah. If you don't yep. like it, then and you have some yeah. $2,000 bike. I've been, I've been trying to tell people this more and more is if you're just getting into the sport, like, I think some really competitive people get into the sport, especially if they came from, like, like I'll use I'll use Carlos as an example from football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now Carlos is a strange brand though because Carlos right off the bat was like I'm going to be committed and I want to get fast this one day. Yeah. But he's also very cognizant of the process and how long that takes. Sure. He's a rare bird. Not not everybody's cognizant of that process. But a lot of people come from football, baseball as kids, basketball thinking I want to translate into the sport and be good like I was at those sports right away. Give yourself like a two I'm going to say 2 years yeah, to sure. like just be able to do so it. So that's to hard. To be able to bike and be that, able to swim. That's hard. Like, oh, there's is. a lot of people out there. Carlos is probably one of them as yeah. well. I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. We're competitive. Oh, yeah. I don't want to go out there and get my backside handed to me Yeah. right out of the gate. I want to go out yeah. there and do as well as I possibly can. And it's almost, I'm not going to say demoralizing or a deterrent to want to continue doing the sport. So it, it, it is the, it, 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 it becomes difficult to tough, want yeah. to connect or, and, and make that commitment to doing your first race because you don't mm-hmm. want to get your butt handed to you. I yeah. think that there is, you know, the other side of the coin of that is that there's real value to n- not being the best. Like, let's say, oh, you, absolutely. I 100% let's, agree with let's you. Let's just say that you yeah. are a complete stud cyclist, like someone at this table who tends to do very well in all the races that he ever does on a bike, whether that's cyclocross, mm-hmm. mountain bike, or road bike. But you know, like let's say you enter a stand-up 
paddleboard competition. Like there's real value in being like, I'm not going to be the best at this. Like you're going to get your yeah. butt kicked. Yeah. I yeah. would imagine. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and I think that you would still have fun. Yeah. And I think that there's real value going into the competition thinking Absolutely. that like if I like, I like, there's things I like, like I like rock climbing. I haven't done it in like 10 mm-hmm. years. And, but like, I would enjoy that process of being like, I'm not good at this. Yeah, yeah It's like, okay not to be good. Yeah, you're at like this. doing something. And you're like, like I, well, I'm not. You know, there's just it's just nice to be a, like not good at this. On a different scale, I actually sure. think I kind of experienced that this year with. I've done the Olympic and 73 distances for so long, even sure. within the sport of triathlon itself. There's, moving into different types. So I just saw that Matt Hansen did a really cool race. He did a 10k swim marathon race. That oh, was, that cool. was the race. You did a 10K swim, you jumped out, and you did a marathon. Sorry to all the cycling listeners. They took out that whole middle part. But, I mean, that would be a race that probably some really good triathletes would jump into and all of a sudden not be the best guy in the race. Matt Hansen's a beast, so he was. But, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, for, for me, it was jumping up to the full iron distance. You know, in a simulated race, yeah, but if that had been race day, I would have sucked. Mm-hmm. would have been terrible that day. For for like you would have been great for my field mile eight of the run (laughs) for my field yeah for my field I would have not had a good day but that's like I mean you're 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 talking about even within the sport you know like Matt was trying aqua bikes all of a sudden when you came into the sport running was your was your was the one thing you were good at in the the sport idea of an aqua bike would have been hilarious to me yeah like. And then, so it's... Why would you do that? You'd be horrible at that. It's like even within the sport. I mean, if you come in as a cross-country runner, let's say, you can do a duathlon. That'd be dumb because I think they're incredibly difficult. I think duathlon is the hardest thing in triathlon. I don't know. Which is which is ironic that it's always we always like do athletes like underneath triathlon because it's basically taken out you know one entire sport away from it. But it, I mean, that's that those are hard races. It's new challenges. But I think that's the cool thing with somebody getting into triathlon. It's a lot like cycling in the sense that oh, you're scared of being on the road and you really don't want a road race? Oh, we have mountain bike races, gravel races. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or do There's Grand Fondo rides swim, too, which yeah. take out that, the that swim scary run, part of it. The swim run races look really cool. Oh, they look like so much fun. They're like, like island trail hopping running and yeah. like island hopping with swimming stuff. Like it looks oh, it's awesome. crazy. We need to yeah. do that sometime. I would really love to go do one we'll of those. Do We're like tethered together during it, aren't we? They have some that are tethered together. Can't, we need to do that tethered together. <laughs> <laughs> we, we absolutely have to tether together to do that. Uh, I think that would be fun. So if we were to go back and just create a list, like here is a list of what we recommend yep. you think about yeah. using and just call it best practices, call it like these are the items that you need. How to get, how to to get started. Yep. What is that What is that starter package going to look like for a new person coming over to triathlon? Swim goggles and a swim cap. <laughs> That's, I mean, boom, there's your swim. Okay, but I like see people- or? Well, yeah. So let's let's just start with the swim. So swim goggles and cap. Those are the rhetorical yep. things that you definitely need. But yeah. you probably need a gym membership. Need a gym membership. Access, access to a pool. Access I'll to say pool. a gym membership. Or really, if you live in this region, you actually wouldn't need a gym membership, in my opinion. Are you going to go you swim sw- Fallen Leaf Lake in February? There are guys that do that, actually. There are. Now, yeah. you would need a wetsuit. <laughs> and yeah, probably a little bit of experience as a swimmer. I would not suggest anybody do that without some experience as a swimmer. But there, there are open water swimmers that well, basically go year round. So, so let's say that typically speaking, it's going to be a working person, yep, or somebody that's busy being a you know stay at home mom or dad, yeah. and mm-hmm. it just doesn't have the time because of kids. Yeah. So 
uh, I'm not going to be able to go out and swim at Fallen Leaf Lake in the middle of February when it gets dark at five o'clock or four thirty. Yeah, I just not I'm not in swimming in the dark. I'm sorry, oh, it's not going to happen. So I, I I'm going to need some sort of access because there's yep. only one way that I can improve that swim stroke, yep. and that's with yep. repetition by working with somebody. But I'm going to probably need a, a gym membership. So do do your local YMCA. That's where go. I started because they the always have good. they always have master swim groups. So, so I would go local Y. I need to find uh, probably a group of people that I could swim with, whether that yep. be a master's program or kind of like what you guys put together last year for the triathlon team yeah, you guys good. went and rented out a whole entire facility and you brought in some coaching pool mm-hmm. side coaching and that was really well received and i know that mm-hmm. because my wife was out there doing it with a lot of her friends and they loved that that, yeah. that paid big dividends and was a lot of the mother that gave her in, yeah. a lot of confidence to actually go over and she started swimming at 24 hour fitness in the pools over there and she started working on it and mm-hmm. her times have gotten better her swims have gotten longer and she's still consistently doing it to this yeah. day so yeah what else do you need for swimming what uh, else do you need to start thinking for, about for, for swimming you you know goggles and you don't even need a swim cap. And really, Goggles if you go and, to the I pool, yeah. some sort of swimsuit, like yeah. jammers or something like that. What about that? Yeah. like a watch or something to... Nope. You don't no. need it. Don't yeah. need it. Don't really, need true, it. true swimmers Honest, won't swim with a watch. Yeah. yeah. And but honestly, you don't really need... It's big for a, triathletes. You don't need yeah. a watch for triathlon. I want you to say that in front of all of your swimming watch videos. You listen, come out subscribers, you don't need a watch. <laughs> <laughs> the next video. Reasons not to listen to my thing. I should actually make a video like, you don't need a watch for triathlon. But they're nice to have. And what's the benefit of having a watch, Matt? Well, you can track everything and you can, when you're tracking it, you can start to work on improving it. So gotcha. that's, you know, that's with anything, right? Like you, you can, you know, a lot of times people are doing these triathlons to finish, sure. which yeah, you might not care about your time at all, but as soon as you do and you want to improve, you know, you want to improve your distance. So you need to track your distance. You want to improve your times. So you got to start tracking that stuff. If you want to, you know, and just general health improvements, you can start tracking heart rates and resting heart rates and what so percent, much more. What percentage of people, we'll just say for the local races here, mm-hmm. what percentage of people go out there just to finish and have fun versus the people that are being competitive racing against the clock and others? That is a great question. I think it's a large percentage of people go there to just finish a triathlon. Because I can't stay, say that about cycling. I, it, when yeah, you show right. up to a race, you're typically there to be competitive and do as best as you possibly can. I'd say it's probably an 80, 20 split in it, triathlon. 80 people, 80% like we're just there to finish. Yeah. You yeah. just there to, to really, there, I won't say I it's there say, to finish, but they're just to do the triathlon. Like, like the goal is, is to be at the triathlon and do it. I guess, I guess to finish. Yeah. And I then probably 20% really are, are competitive in their age group or overall. So he's saying which are competitive. I think there's also people that are trying to be competitive with their person, you know, their own times. Yeah. So it's a weird line to draw. Like that's true. It's a, it's hard to draw a line. Most people in triathlon though are competitive against their past times. Are you saying I'd like say most are people trying to that are tr- like trying to improve their time? That's competitive. You're trying to com- yeah. improve your time. Your time. You're, then maybe it's more like 50-50 then probably. Or, or maybe even, you know, 40 Maybe 80-20 the other way because I do know most triathletes are like, they're talking about that last race they did at that distance. Maybe. It's yeah. hard to say, but it's it's way it's way more significant number of people that are trying to just finish depends than on if you're like at cycling. A, depends on if you're at a, a local race, race or, or an Ironman race. But it it's... But if you think about a century ride or any of those fun, like Grand so, Grand I, I I don't call those a race. I call they're those not. an event. They're, they're, they're not Grand races. Fondo. Yeah, but oh. they're not. I agree. But s- some small percentage of people are going to race them. 
Yeah, and I mean, that would be you. Yeah, <laughs> triathlon, triathlon should start a movement of doing like grand fondos. But that, but I kind of feel like, like a that's, loosely organized. I kind of feel like we're already there. Yeah. Is my point is like we're kind of yeah. ju- we have a large percentage of people that are just there. But it would be cool yeah. if people were just like having conversations out there and not. Yeah. it's a little slightly different. Yeah, there's vibe. no like age group awards at a grand fondo triathlon. You're just out right. there just to do the race. But and it would be cool too to be like, there's no draft, you can block draft, draft all you yeah. want to. Draft all you want. There's no blocking of the roads. Hey, you got to put out, you know, we'll have a couple big tents every once in a while, you know, so you can refuel and you, we're not doing fly by grabs. You're just stop. Stop. Grab stuff. Yeah, Maybe grab there's stuff. like party atmosphere. Yeah. And it'd be cool yeah. to have like an big Iron trail Man, run. Like an Ironman distance. So it's like a trail long. run. Oh my God. Yeah. Trail run. Yeah. It can be. Why don't we do this? We'll come up with something. Why triathlon always got to be so serious? Triathlon's always got to be like. I feel like it should be like. It's not. They're just there for the finisher medal. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I feel like take away the finisher medals. I feel like you do Ironman swim distance, um, maybe Ironman bike distance, or maybe just a century. Just do a century and then a three mile run. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say that. I was gonna say maybe half marathon. Yeah. Because then it could be conversational. Do you know what'd be really funny? Would be to just like start throwing together triathlons at very random distances. And just yeah. see like who comes out, you know, it'd be, it'd be crazy to see like a, like what could some of these guys throw down if you did like an Ironman bike, but then a 5k run right after. Oh, it's like come off and just like go for it and right. see if there's anybody who would be good. Let's stay on target here. Let's move <laughs> on from swimming and go into the biking world. What do we need for biking? What What is a, you need a functional bike. It can be used. It can be. And so I made a video a while back saying like, how cheap can you make our sport? And I rattled through all this stuff. Yep. It came up with about a thousand dollars. Yeah. That's still That's a big ass to get into a sport. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I think it's one of the biggest bummers of triathlon. With that, you're looking at like a $300 to $500 to $500 bike that was yep. used. I, I mean, I threw that in there, but I don't and think I thought about the, um, one of the things I didn't think about would be a recurring cost of a gym membership. I didn't add that into the yeah. mix. Now going back to the bike too, if yep. you're only spending three to 500 bucks on a bike, I highly recommend you take that to a reputable bike, reputable sure. bike shop and make sure that that bike is safe to ride. Cause that's starting to yeah, get into the land sure. of like, Super all right, sketch. the bike could have some serious issues. And the last Definitely. thing you want to know have happened to you is mid race. Yeah. yeah. You're mid race or you're out there on a training ride and all of a yep. sudden something goes wonky sideways and you can't stop or something breaks or yeah. you go down that's not happy times and yeah yeah we know that uh i would say also if you can and this is a little harder ask but like bring someone with you to look at the used bikes who knows bikes yeah. a lot of these people are people that actually would do that because they're crazy bike people yep. so they'll tell you like oh for 50 extra bucks you can get the 105 component set it's worth doing it you know mm-hmm. and it's like whatever you're not going to know that stuff if you're just starting out in biking yeah that's yeah. a very yeah. good point you know um trusting a bike shop helps bike shops yeah. are good bike shops that have consignment programs too i think are a good place to go yeah, um, yeah definitely it's uh you know w- we have that here at the Dow cycling lab and it works out really well and mm-hmm. it's a it's a nice process for the the customer selling the bike and the person buying the bike knows that they're buying it from some someone that's got a reputation that they need to maintain and they don't want to sell you a big pile of junk so they're going to disclose anything that might be wrong with the bike and they're there to answer any questions for you so yeah you know if somebody were to walk in here and ask me about a you know x bike and you know tell me about this that and the other i can give them all of the information that they need so they can make an informed decision on whether or not that's gonna be the right bike for them but like matt said having somebody go with you that's a great way to go Yep. And there are even some bike shops that will let you bring a bike in and they'll kind of just be like uh, there to consult you. Like, let's yeah. say that Matt's That's buying a cool. bike from Evan and yeah. Evan's mm-hmm. going to say, all right, well, I'll meet you at this bike shop and they're going to help us kind of go through this inspection process of this bike so there's peace of mind there. That might cost you, you money, but that's good yeah. peace of mind. Do you just pay like 50 bucks to have someone there or something? Or I don't 
Yeah, I've always just done that for people. It probably like a tune-up probably shouldn't cost. say that out loud. Probably, here, probably like a tune-up cost at your typical shop would be yeah, my guess. Yeah. That's about what you'd yeah. end up paying for. Like I, a, I think that's huge. A consultation fee. <laughs> Other thing, going back to pointy helmet, you do not need a pointy helmet, nope. but you do need a helmet. Yep. Yes. Don't and be that guy. Yeah. It can be a BMX helmet. I you see, need it. Yeah. yeah, I see people all the time riding, even with their kids without a helmet. I'm like, you're teaching that kid to, they have to wear a helmet all the time. Just put a helmet on. Yeah. So. Lance yeah. Epler. <laughs> oh, Lance. I should have called Lance out. On Lance's Instagram. Yeah. God. Um, for the bike, too, I think that getting a good um, pair of bike shorts with a chamois in there is probably oh, a good God, place yeah. to go, too, um, so yeah, that you don't agree. get into a situation where you're completely yeah. uncomfortable dealing with saddle sores. It's not happy and times this, And this is the other thing is if you're looking to, like, God, I just want to do a triathlon. I don't want to buy one of these, like, one-piece kits and, like, God, oh, these things are expensive. Have to do. Oh, yeah. My first pair of tri shorts was I think it was like thirty five bucks. Yeah. yeah. It was a Pearl Azumi, which nice. is no longer a company, which Those is a shame. Nice. I've yeah. seen questions on I've had questions like online and it's kinda like do I I just you know, I've got my mountain bike, do I have to buy a tri suit? And I don't think they do. I think jammers make a lot of sense because you can make it through a triathlon. You know, we're talking sprint triathlon here. If it's longer than that, you really do want bike shorts. But you can make it through without. You will be sore yep. the next day, which is not fun. Um, so the other thing is, is uh, you can, in a transition area, you can just change into bike shorts or you can change into whatever it is that you have that you want to wear. Typically, you might have to go to like a porta potty if the transition area situation is not great. But you should be allowed to do that. Just don't stress about the time. Yeah couple other things from the biking world too for a triathlete to <coughs> build up your fitness it's um not a, a need but you're probably going to want to get yourself some sort of a trainer yeah you don't definitely. have to get a smart trainer that costs you hundreds to if not over a thousand dollars you don't no. have to go there you can get just a basic simple trainer you can probably find one on craigslist for 100 bucks yep. I've put a speed sensor on there and that's a good way to start logging miles the kinetic i have out there i think is like 10 years old now yeah yeah this time of year i think people are very curious about what their options are so yeah and that goes back to the same thing it's like well you can just ride during the day you know when it's light out and all that other fun stuff so mm -hmm. anyway um but that's not reality for a lot of people you got to go to work oh no right and then when you get home and it's dark and it's wet and it's rainy that's not safe or happy times no. to go do no i, I ride i times. ride <laughs> i ride on the trainer out of pure necessity and yeah. also because of time so it's I know to a cyclist, it seems easy. Like, oh, why can't you, you know, if you ride in the afternoon, why can't you just get home and ride? It's like that extra three and a half minutes it takes to get things ready to get outside, ride, and then stop yeah. at the stoplight. I will literally have minutes down, like 72 minutes to train before I have to be back in the car and back into work. Yeah. 72 minutes can be either very productive or I have to sit for two minutes at a stoplight. Yeah. I'm going to use the trainer. That's, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about building fitness and you got a busy lifestyle, you yeah. need a trainer. Yeah. And, yeah. Trainers again, are good. Yeah. You don't need it, but you might want to get a, a membership to like Zwift. It's a monthly fifteen dollar yeah, fee, that's and I, that's a good place to go to get yeah, some training and ride with it. others. I don't think that would be like one of the first things I would recommend. I mean, if you're fifteen bucks a month, I mean that's a lot for for some people. It is. Yeah. Um, I right. think I think some if you places. have the funds to spend, it's worth it right now because I think when you get into the sport, it's going to give you that that motivation on the bike because the bike trainer can be super boring. Yeah. Bike trainers are super boring. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sure. My wife is using Zwift and she's found a, a training program on there that she likes yeah. and it's not the best thing ever, but you know what? It's a training program it's that training she's program. following yeah. that she's diligent about and it's built 
to it's help so, her increase her fitness it's so endurance. It's crazy to think about how effective the training is on the trainers these days. I mean, yeah. w- when I first started riding on that kinetic trainer, it was I had a DVD set in my yeah. college dorm. It was all the old Tour de France's. Yeah. From I told you guys from like ninety eight to whatever. Yeah. I'd plug those in. My intervals literally were when they are going hard in the race. I was like, I'll just go hard when they're going hard. Yeah. That was how I structured my intervals first. It wasn't like this like erg mode ten by one minutes at this specific wattage. There are so many cool resources now. Whether yeah, it's, it's it's Trainer it's Road, ridiculous. Zwift, Trainer. Yeah. Road, I yeah. mean, really. Even when I first started triathlon, there wasn't any resource. Like Trainer Road had just come out, yeah. and it was like I don't even you, remember that stuff. Yeah, you didn't have these options. There was no Zwift, and it was like yeah. And I like got in on doing intervals because you come from running background. It's like I did intervals on the trainer. Based, like, what you did running, yeah. All, like now the secret's out. Like everyone does this, and mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, crap, man. I yeah. can't. You know. That's why I that advantage. I know why I, I think that like erg mode and training programs are as effective as some forms of doping. <laughs> oh, I yeah, really well, do think they are. I think I think if you can take a really good athlete and get them logged on an erg mode and just lock them in, you're like, this guy's gonna be fast. Gonna this guy or gal's gonna be really quick. Yeah. yeah. You know, the other side of this is the last sport running is easy. I almost have zero questions typically about like what they need for running. Yeah. It's running get shoes. A, that's it. Get a good pair put, of running shoes. Put your shoes on. I yeah. will say don't uh, people really stress about the running shoe decision. Really they stress do. about the running shoe they decision. Do, but I'm I'm thinking more people that are like I signed up for a triathlon this yes, weekend. Exactly. And I haven't trained any, but I'm going to go do that triathlon this weekend. Yep. They don't ask questions about the run. No. They're curious about the swim yeah. and they're curious about the bike, but they yeah. typically have the answers that oh, they yeah. need I mean, for the run. My first triathlon I did in a very old pair of Brooks running shoes. Yeah. Like questionable. So you don't have any questions. Wonderfully fine. But me not being a runner sure. or somebody mm-hmm. who hasn't run in many, many, many years. Yeah. I'm gonna have questions for you. Like yeah. how often should I run? How far should I be running? Should I be structuring that and, the and going back to the shoes and then do sure, I need yeah. coaching? Do I should I have a program? Do I need a watch? I mean, these are all questions that I'm gonna ask you. So no, 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 no. And mm-hmm. the thing that you should practice is running after biking. Because okay. there's so many people that have mm-hmm. you know, they go out, they do their run. They run with their kids while their kids are biking or something like that. But there's a certain aspect to having your legs almost feel like numb in the quadricep area after kind of beating them up on the bike. Okay. And then getting out and running after that is very different than just your normal everyday, like going out for a run. They call it brick runs. What do we call it? We have like a better name, didn't we? Come up with something better? OTB. 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 Yeah. Off the bike. Yeah. Okay. It was over like the a, bars. We didn't. Yeah. Over the bars. <laughs> we just didn't like the brick run talk, but we used it, was, it anyway. It was funny because I know like the people I hung out with in Ohio would always use OTB. And then when okay. I started posting that to Strava, I got questions from people out here. Like, did you crash? They, they were like, what does OTB mean? <laughs> and I, was, I was like, I was off the bike. I don't know. I was like, is that not globally accepted? <laughs> is that just, a- <laughs> I think it's better. Cause I just always thought brick run was so lame. I always thought brick run meant it had to be a bike run, bike run, bike run combo. Oh, okay. I didn't know that that just meant bike. And then you can run once. I thought brick was always like multiple. So I come from a mountain biking background. And if I ever saw somebody post something with an OTB over the bars, over the bars right? yeah. I, so if I saw that from you, we said that I mean, the first time too. I saw yeah. that, I'm like, dude, did you crash? Are you okay? Is your bike okay? <laughs> you were running. How did you crash? <laughs> That's funny. It was a Strava run with OTB. He'd be like, what was he doing? <laughs> So, but all three disciplines mm-hmm. highly advise that you connect with others, correct? I think that's one of the pieces that we've kind of kept similar throughout all of these different recommendations is connect with someone who knows that, potentially connect with a club. You can pick up books and things like that, but you yeah. know, having some sort of um, insight from someone that's done this before is going to be helpful. Okay, cool. The triathlon training Bible is a good start that's for exactly anybody. what I recommend yeah. to people. Yeah. I would say if you are starting completely green, just buy the triathlon training Bible. 
worth reading through. Yep. Definitely. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to press pause on this conversation here real quick, and we'll let Evan go into his one last thing. And then, Matt, I've got a couple quick questions come back to you on. Evan's got to go be with patients and do worky stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, I know. Do you have any, any one last things there, uh, Mr. Price? Um, one last thing is hopefully here soon we can start the Sunday long run again. I'm not sure when me and Matt can get that set back up we could yeah. start it a socially distanced style where well, we just all have different start are you, times are you done with this open water swim let's start yeah let's start it back yeah. up i feel the, like we can do the, it the open water swims are done so yeah we could start it up i was thinking we could even go waterfront or we could go heritage if we want doesn't okay. matter yeah we can I'm start two different start groups up if slow we i guess yeah if we if we want to do two different groups too we yeah can sure do we can two do different that. spots yeah yep. cool cool there i won't see you, see there, you guys but, later all right yep <laughs> have fun with those patients bud oh yeah all right matt Back on to this with you real quick. Sure. How do you go about convincing people to try your sport? So, like, Gosh. let's just say, like, I mean, this let's, pre- is... let's pretend that my ankle isn't all jacked up. Let's pretend that my shoulders aren't all messed yep. up and I am able to swim and run. And how, could, would, yeah, you how would you, like, you, you know that I can ride a little bit. How are you going to convince me to come out and give sure. triathlon Show a you try? my videos. Yeah. Show you my videos. Hey, Check out my YouTube. Uh, no, I mean, that's the whole, like, I, I think I said this in the video a couple weeks back where it's like, yeah, we talk about all these products. They're great. They attract a lot of people that have questions about products. Yep. But the cell is, our sport is beautiful and you should check it out, okay. right? What's beautiful about your sport? I've heard you say that a few times. What, what makes it beautiful? Open water swimming. Think so? Cruising. On, I mean, think about think about this. When you go out for a bike and you cruise and the sun's in your, you yep. know, you got the sun, you got that nice, perfect breeze and you just got a wide open road and it's that beautiful country open road that you love with sure. just this huge field next to you. Yep. Like, what is that feeling? Oh, it's incredible. It's beautiful. But so, I don't see that from swimming. But I guess but I've it's never, there. It's, it's, it's okay, there. You so just haven't seen it. We've got a beautiful lake by us, Fallen Leaf Lake. Right. Well, you know, that's you like, see it, the, you, it's, you, yeah, that's great when you go there, but right. you don't get to swim there all the time. And I I hear of too many people. It's like, oh, yeah, I went to the, you know, the, the pool at the, the gym right. and I swam, you know, 48 laps of whatever and did this many meters. I'm like, that sounds like torture. I don't want to do that. It, some people would say that, and some people would say that biking up a you know, slight hill, uh-huh. even with the wind on their back, is torture. And it's just a matter of the fact that they haven't found the beauty in it yet. Uh-huh. And so that's my job and my challenge with this okay. YouTube channel, right? So, you know, the 48 laps, like, there is something extremely therapeutic about pushing off the wall, in the pool, yep. off a good flip turn. It's you know, there's, there's something extreme. Like for me, it's like, um, you know, uh, I don't know they, they have those things where they have like, like the noise cancellation stuff and they're like, you're just in the zone and you're, you know, yeah. But it's, it's kind of like that where you have bubbles. It's all you hear is just like, kind of like this bubbly underwater noise, very therapeutic in my opinion. It's a lot of you time and you probably don't get a lot of that because you're probably always dealing you, with you, you know, don't kids and family and work and phone calls and just distractions. And, then, and, so. it's, and it's rushing water over you. It just is something very, very magical okay. about that. Uh, and that's in the pool for that 48 hours of staring at a black line. I get why that's boring, but there's also a piece that I really miss right now because I didn't, I didn't even swim this week. Yeah. So there's that. The open water side of things is scary because you're, you know, you don't have anything to look at you're looking down to this black murky lake yeah but you're also out on typically a very nice day at an amazing location like sure. it's very similar to stand-up paddleboard where you're just kind of out there in nature and so open water swimming has a huge allure and i try to make this kind of clear in the videos but it's super hard 
Um, and then you have running, which I think kind of is very similar to maybe something like mountain biking or something like that, where it's you out on the trails, you know, in nature. Sure. And there's, what are they, what's the Japanese term for like nature bathing? I can't remember. There's some term for this, but I think it's extremely beneficial, lower your blood pressure, all of those sort of things where it's like, you're out there, you've got this time to yourself. Yeah. And it's amazing locations. I yep. just think trails themselves are beautiful. Yeah. Now, I might be skewered towards thinking that these things are beautiful because you have that endorphin rush when you're out there doing these things and you're in this nature environment. So maybe I've had enough of that now to where like, I see a picture of a trail and I'm like, ooh, that's pretty. You yeah. know? Well, I know for you, a big draw of where you actually live mm-hmm. is your proximity to trails. True. Your proximity to a beautiful little lake. Right. And just your ability to get out and ride in beautiful country. There's something very special about where we live. This isn't everywhere, though. True. Like, like you could just live 20 minutes from here and you could be in the middle of like, you know, True. whatever. And right. there's none of that around. And you're not going to take the time to go out to right be there and i grew up in alabama and i started running on just these roads that weren't that great you know but there were sidewalk and there were people to run with and it was still an enjoyable experience and i slowly after the fact started to figure out trails and all that stuff and finding that really attractive so um it's probably the same for cycling a lot of those kind of parallels with that and so uh, for me to sell it to you is just saying like, well, you've experienced this on the bike, but there's other opportunities. Yeah. You've experienced it probably with stand-up paddleboard, but a little you, bit, yeah. But you can get that from swimming, and you might get a little bit more of that endorphin rush, and you can definitely experience that from running, and you might get a little bit even more of that endorphin rush while you're out there on those trails or those open lakes and these beautiful locations. So that would be my sales pitch, but. I think I do a better job like showing the visuals. Who gave you the sales pitch? You came off of a running career that was pretty pretty solid and sure. you had a lot of accolades and accomplishments and what was the the big selling point so for you to get into triathlon? The it's interesting that I never so I'd always had an admiration for endurance sports. So sure. someone comes over and they're like, I'm a collegiate swimmer. Like I would just almost feel connected with that person because I feel like they're kind of going through the same struggles as a collegiate runner, right? Same thing with cycling. You hear someone that's a cyclist, you think, oh, this person has gone through these endurance struggles and they still love the sport. So you have that feeling of connection. So you you have those two sports, and there are probably other sports too, but those are the two that stuck out to me. Like they're endurance sports. They they feel similar in a weird sort of way to what I have the similarity towards, you know, that familiarity towards these kind of endurance things. Gotcha. So I've always had a lot of respect for those athletes. Uh, I never really kind of thought to take the next step until a doctor was like, your Achilles is bad. You need to take three months off. And that was like, I was, I don't remember how old I was like 30 in my thirties, like way after the fact. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'll take, you know, three months off of running, but I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to do nothing. I'm going to buy a bike. And I bought a bike that day, basically sight unseen uh, the size was too big for me, but yep. it was a good bike. The guy that sold to me was an amazing person. And, uh, and I was going to join a, a swim club yeah. and I, my goal was to swim a mile at first and it took me a long time to get there. I was confused about what a mile was. And, uh, it's, you know, you don't, I don't think you develop the love for swimming right away. Swimming in a pool like that is just, 
challenge of can I go this distance? And for biking, there's a, it's a little bit easier to come by, right? Because you have that descent and it's just glorious as Lance would say. Yeah. And you go around this beautiful lake that we live by and it's beautiful and you do it on a nice day, which is makes it all the more beautiful. And so biking, I think is an easier sell, although more dangerous, but I mean, yep. it's, it is what it is. Uh, and then open water swimming, I think is intimidating a little bit as you start. But once you get over that, I think it's a lot more attractive. Gotcha. So, yeah. So that'd be my sales pitch. Well, I think you've got a good pitch and it's something that I would probably consider if I wasn't broken down. Broken. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, just, uh, we might all be broken. Here. <laughs> I've got a couple shoulders and an ankle that just don't, uh, they're not, they're not ready for swimming or, or running. And I don't yeah. know if they ever will be. So right. yep. we'll see. Cool. Um, well, that's triathlon. That's triathlon talk. Well, triathlon talk. That was fun, even though uh, it's not my favorite cup of tea, but it's all good. Yeah, but I'm um, trying to sell it to you. Yep. There's a lot of people out there that are curious. And, you know, like you brought up Nels. I, I see on Strava, like him logging runs. Run. And then he's yeah. out there maybe thinking, dabbling with swimming stuff. I'm not 100% I, sure. I think he has. I think he swam with the group a couple of weeks back. Like yeah. Open water swim, too. Yeah. So I've got a good group of juniors, and those kids are out yeah. there doing it all, and they're just getting faster at everything, too. So, yeah, I think Nels would be in amazing triathlete i think he should consider doing like cross country to help him because otherwise it's going to be hard to really get the running stuff figured out gotcha. so uh, last question here sure. once you get somebody convinced i'm going to do this what's the process for registering for a race what does that cost how far out do you think that they should give themselves to actually start the first race and how do you get over like that anxiety that build up to going into it for the first time so i would say triathlon costs are more expensive than a lot of cycling races, which is unfortunate. Uh, you might look to spend somewhere between 40 and a hundred dollars yeah. for re registering for one event. Um, and then I would say it's normally I would tell people like, don't register for a race like six months out. But yeah. if you're new and you're want to motivate yourself, do it, register for a race six months out. Yeah. You will be that much more motivated to train. You'll be that much more motivated when the weather's not super pretty outside. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that there is real value in that, even if you don't do the race. And like, we always tell people, if it. you want to get motivated to do something, you sign want up. to stay on task, put something on the calendar, right. go sign up for something yeah. and hold yourself accountable to that. And then, you know, so the next piece would be, you know, just having, like we mentioned that book, the triathlon Bible, something like that is worth picking up to sure. kind of have a plan of attack. Good. It's too bad that triathlon costs so much. I I really have a problem with that. Like I originally made this video and it was like, what's the cheapest you can do the sport for? And it was like a thousand bucks. And that was no bike shorts, like just scraping by. Yeah. Like super cheap, like, you know, seven eleven sunglasses yep. kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Seven dollar goggles and, and I priced everything out and it was like you know, cheapest bike I could find. And what do you think the average person spends on a full triathlon get up? Um, I think what most people do, and maybe this is different than cycling, but you kind of slowly acquire stuff, Sure. right? Like you have, you finally get that TT helmet, but well over 5,000 bucks, I'm sure. Yeah. So and then you've it's got, sad. you know, you want, how many events do you think a normal triathlete does during the course of a year? Not that many, actually, you know, um, it may be four. Gotcha. It's and not it's the not average cost of a triathlon, though. I think it's much more than that forty dollars. Well, I think you know if you're an entry level triathlon, sprint triathlons are going to cost yeah. less, right? But the um, like an Ironman race, for example, is going to cost you know 
their half Ironman distance races might be like $400 and their full Ironman distance races might be like $700. Sure. So very, very expensive events. Uh, but you should definitely not necessarily look at that as your first event. I'd look at like a, a local race and I would pick something out that looks friendly to you. Um, you know, here in our area, they have uh, a girlfriend's triathlon race, which is, um, women specific. And I know, I think that's just really nice entry into the sport of triathlon. Yeah. They have other um, events that are similar to that, that are just kind of like beginner triathlon events to help people kind of get into the sport and have it be a little less competitive. Um, people are scared about open water, people hitting them and stuff like that while they're swimming and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think that's something huge to worry about, but a lot of the newer events for people have less of that stuff going on. Gotcha. Cool. All good stuff, man. Thanks for the uh, triathlon takeover today. My pleasure. Cool. Let's do one last thing. What's your one last thing? I always have a video to talk about, and I posted a video last week talking about um, the Polar Vantage V2 watch. So that was a watch that came out last Wednesday, and uh, it's a pretty nice watch. It's a pretty nice triathlon watch. The video's decent. You should definitely check it out. Even if you just watch the first two minutes of it, you'll see my little intro with my whatever we were talking about, the, sh- you know, splash of the water and the yeah. and the, the hard sell for the sport of triathlon. It's worth checking out. Um, you can get that at uh, youtube.com slash Grand. That's where all my videos are. And there's got to be like, I don't know, 150 videos up there. It's a good resource that you've put together a nice little collection of work. And I think for the person that's really interested in triathlon, wants to get into triathlon, wants to get better at triathlon and know more about all the stuff in triathlon. That's a great place to go. There's a lot of gear review type stuff, Sure, which, you know, I don't want my channel to be, you know, hundred percent that, but that's what is tending to twin. Like it's just trending that direction. Uh, I will say that, um, I, I have more gear stuff coming up in the near future. Yeah, but they can still go back into your channel history and yes. they can cherry pick out just about anything that they can think of with yeah. respect to triathlon. Yeah. So it's a resource that's going to be living and breathing for a lot of years to come. And as there's a quantum leap in a particular area, I'm sure you're going to go back and you'll do a video on it. Yeah, and I, I should do that. I should go back and do any of these things that we've talked about on this video or on this podcast. Like sure. Breathing drills and what, how much does a triathlon cost, and all these yeah. things, I I think are really important for triathletes to know. And even if those videos aren't as popular, it's still good resources for people to have. How many years old is your oldest videos? Okay, so this is interesting. Um, it will be in. I know that we're still away from March, but like the end of March, it'll be three years exactly. And Since I've you done, started posting, okay. yes, and I've done a video every single week. I have not missed one. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's I know a podcast is doing that too. There's a podcast somewhere <laughs> around here. It's actually a really similar time frame yeah. to our podcast because when you were like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this podcast, the first thing yeah. I said was like, Well, I'm thinking about doing this video thing. And you were like, Oh, I've I've been thinking about YouTube also. It's just like one of those things where it's like, Yeah, we kinda had the idea at the similar time frame. A lot so. of people don't know this, but Matt and I always come and it's almost laughable. Like you're it's like, ridiculous. Oh, I just got this. I'm like, Yeah, I just got that too. It's, it's like ridiculous. we do that all the time. And yeah. Matt's like, Oh, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm like, Well, I've been talking about doing I'm, that too. I'm waiting yeah. for your, your podcast to come out so I can come be on your podcast, right? We could do. <laughs> yeah, I would love to do a triathlon specific podcast. I think it would be fun. I just don't have the time. I think it's a lot of work. I mean, you do a lot of the work, Jake. So it's like, it does take a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and I was actually just talking about that this weekend with my wife, and we're getting a little long on this podcast, but I don't want to bore people. Yeah. Uh, you know, every single week, it's, it's, 
it's fun to sit down and talk with yes. you guys. And again, I, I tell this people, and it's not joking. I would do it if one person listened. Yeah, it is. It's super it's just fun. Because this is I our social to, hour. Exactly. Yeah. It's okay. Well, now you have to sit down and you have to do all of the editing. You have to do mm-hmm. all of the, the intro. And if, I don't know if people even pay attention to that. I don't know oh, if I it think means like any, anything. Yeah. But that takes time. Yeah. Um, you know, going out there and you got to find the, the, the song or the music that I want to use. And I think we're coming up on, I got to go back and double check, coming up on like a hundred consecutive shows almost with, with a, a cycling song song that hasn't been recycled and it's used crazy. more than once it's just absolutely nuts and then trying to find the little sound bites that kind of that somewhat play with what we talked about yeah. mixing it all together and then when you're done with that then you got to export it all and then you got to go do the thumbnail artwork and then you've yeah. got to put it up on the the website with all of the, the the metadata and the seo stuff and all the the titles and then you got to push it out to all the social media that that process takes time probably takes almost two hours yeah and i just don't think like I love our podcast setup. I think it's really nice yeah. and stuff like that. And it's like, if I did it, would I just do it over Skype with some people? I just don't think it would be as good. And now we have the bar set so high for our dial podcast. I don't know. Yeah. But it's tough. We I was just talking with my wife. Do, do we just go to a, a canned intro and then we can you do could. the show? And I, we... Not everybody knows this, but we've got some new hardware here that would actually enable me to produce the whole entire podcast and be done with it within yeah. 15 minutes of us finishing, and we can post it up the same day if we well, wanted to. Yeah, that'd be interesting. So, I don't know. Maybe think, people, if they have some some two cents on that, let us know yeah. if that even means anything to you. Because, I mean, if you add up the 138 episodes times two hours of doing yeah. those intros, that's that adds up. Yeah, and, and the videos are just so much they're ridiculous, right? Yeah, they take forever. And I'm yeah. learning that quickly, but it's so much fun. The videos are, they're yeah. fun. You know, they're you kind of start to have like these little breakthroughs and these little aha moments with working with uh, um, like the Adobe Premiere is what I'm using. Yeah. That's what you use yep. as well. And you start learning little things. I'm like, okay, that makes it a little bit easier. And yeah. Watching all the YouTube videos about how to streamline your process and, and yeah. just tips and tricks, whatnot. But, but yeah, um, I spend way too much time on my videos. Yeah. It's stupid. <laughs> but it's fun, and your channel's taken off. You've got, did you crack the 4,000 mile? I should crack it this week, I think. That's Maybe pretty cool, in, Matt. In the next, how about this? When we come on the podcast next Monday, it should be around that time frame. That's we'll pretty cool. That. Yeah. You know, for some people, they might say 4,000 is not a lot for me. I'm like, that's a ton of people because yeah. it's a very specific genre that you talk around, right. and you're doing nothing but growing. And honestly, I think that you from a triathlon perspective, you sure. put out one of the best videos for people that are delving into the whole triathlon world. So I think that you're yeah. just going to get more popular over the course of time. And, you know, we've had triathlon Taryn on here before. Is yeah. he still the big, big draw or the big, big numbers guy? Yeah. I think he is, I mean, for a, it's different because you have like triathlon vlog type situation. Sure. Then you have like pro triathletes and then you have gear review. Sure. So you have just different genres or whatever that yeah. I kind of dip my toes into all of those yeah uh but he has kind of the a biggest i would say following for like vlogs and things like that he also does a podcast for triathlon sure um and then i think dc rainmaker would be the biggest like tech review gear review yeah yeah well whatever you're doing keep on doing it i'm trying good stuff uh my one last thing is for this podcast we haven't asked our listeners in quite some time for a review so to oh, yeah do some reviews on itunes would be fantastic because that helps uh push things out and we're going to be doing some new like stuff just to try and share the podcast because we get oh, cool. so much help from our patrons now they're going to help us kind of underwrite that and we get to uh, do more marketing and advertising for this podcast so that oh, more people huge. can stumble onto it so um for the patreon people out there thank you so much for making that possible and if anybody wants to become a patreon they can go to dialpodcast.com you'll find the link there click on through and do your stuff so i think that's it matt that's it 
Marathon Takeover out. Marathon Takeover (laughs) for 2020. Yep. Thank you all for listening again. We will see you next week. Bye for now.